Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Mage the Awakening Chronicle Into the West. This is episode 21, One Year Later. Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous, sponsored by Roll20, the Onyx Path, and viewers like you. Thank you very much to everybody who follows, supports, subscribes, everything like that. And a very special shout out because I have this list. To all our patrons who support us monetarily, thank you very much uh, for, for throwing a few dollars our way. Um, I'm, and my new favorite, you're all my favorite, uh, subscriber who said, hey, here's 50 bucks. It's just one-time donation because I like you guys and you're awesome. It's like, hey, cool. We will totally take that. Thank you. Um, but starting with hashtag no pixel stream when. All right, let's be real, guys. I ain't, I ain't playing no pixel anymore. Uh <laughs> Adele, if you don't know what, what that was, don't worry about it. Anyways, Adele, Al, Alan, Mike, oh, no, Alexander, Angfalleth, Bernie. <laughs> See, this is this is what happens. I just get in the habit. Anyways, Blood Angel, Brandon, Buck Farmer, Daniel, Doc the Undead, Doggo Deloon, Emil, Funzo Suvrali, George, Jack, Jenny, John, Josh, Julian, Catfeathers, Crazyman1772, Mastig, Go Go Dancer, Michael, Milo V3, Ms. Grumpy, Moku, Mozart, Dean Minor, Noba, Ominous Patron Number 13, Other Michael, Perry, Pup, uh, whoa, oh, Perry, Philip, Puppeteer, Riafio, Ryan, Chexara, Sina, Talk to the Cathonian, Terran, Thomas, Toast, Usuf Sama, Vortex, and Zoltan. There's a couple new and removed names in here, and I was completely thrown. Thank you all for your support. <laughs> That's what I get for just like, oh yeah, I'll just cruise on habit. Oh, wait, no. There's new names here. Yeah, all right. Uh, so we pick up. Be careful, baby. With the uh, with our coven. Uh, having just finished up a little conversation with the Diamond Order folks who have come to visit and not steal Rilla away, but to see if they can get, hey, we, we can take care of her. And the prompt was put forward before them of, well, of, of the coven, you know, hey, she should come with us. We can protect her. But if you all are adamant and she doesn't want to go, she doesn't have to. They're not going to actually try and take her away, as opposed to the Seers. Um, there's definitely some heavy-handed, hey, we got knowledge, we got power, we got numbers, we can take care of her. Um, and the Witch Coven was very adamant about, we can take care of her too, but this is Rilla's decision. Uh, and so I rolled in the background and made some thinking thoughts. And, uh, and yes... So uh, Rilla does decide within the first couple weeks there after, uh, yeah, I'm going to stay. This is my place. couple of things that go into that decision. One, immediately, not immediately, the next day or two, Mr. Mortimer Bethune basically says, it's time to go. The shadow that he has watched, the astrovoidal is no longer in the sky. It's no longer visible from Purgatory Bluff. So he's ready to move on. He has this new chart that he and Jules worked up thanks to, I can't remember which one of you suggested it. Yeah, uh, that it's actually a fixed point in space uh, as opposed to following some pattern. 
Um, or well, it is following a pattern, but it's based off a whole different other concept. It's like, oh, okay, and so let's go chase that. The second major thing that happens uh, after some initial few days of, uh, well, actually the next day, Jules, for whatever reason, never runs into Mortimer for an entire day. Just keeps missing him, bypassing him. Just for whatever reason, they keep missing each other. They even look after and like, hey, I'm trying to, they leave messages for each other at the tavern. Hey, I'll be here at this time and come to find each other. And they just keep missing each other by mm. fate. Um, Gisela. <laughs> Gisela. Gisela had it set up. And yeah, so there's a lot of just coordination and just it doesn't work. Jules isn't intentionally avoiding Mortimer. Mortimer is definitely looking for Jules, but they just never cross paths. Uh, for an entire day, during which uh, Jules has time to think over what he's doing. He's been warned, hey, staying around Mortimer is going to ruin you. And by happenstance and hearing from, well, hearing about Mortimer's decision that, hey, I'm going to need to move on. That's the whole reason Mortimer and Jules are, hey, we got to get together. Let's figure out where we're going. Rilla too. Let's leave. Let's pack up. Jules realizes, you know, I'm not interested in chasing after this guy's white whale. Like, it was interesting. It was a, a great experience, taught him a lot of things, but it's not his passion in life. So I'm going to go my own way. Um, so the following day, Jules is able to kind of walk up to Mortimer and say, you know, shake his hand, Mr. Bethune, thank you, but you know, uh, you'll have to go on without me. Royal Society doesn't need me. It's not my thing. Mortimer and Jules have a rather loud argument uh, in the tavern. A lot of uh, you're throwing away your potential. What are you going to do here? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and lo and behold, yeah, bye. Now, you all determine later, uh, actually very likely by... Uh, Legba's potential uh, interrogation that Mortimer may have been nudged a little bit. Um, his thoughts mm. uh, kind of riled up a little bit and made a little bit more aggressive uh, by mm. way of mind magic. Um, oh, whoa. And somebody nudging him into being a little bit more aggressive, which made Jules defensive and say, you know what? This isn't for me. Bye bye. Uh, somewhere. Jewel uh, Red uh, gives a wink to Gisela. Uh, and like, all right, we're gonna save this boy from him from himself rather than being dragged along by this, I'm not gonna say famous, but infamous scientist. So Jules decides, oh, I'm gonna stay here for a little bit and you know then decide where I'm gonna go. A little bit ends up turning out to be a lot of bit, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, the next major thing that happens shortly after Rilla's decision, hey, bye Mortimer, Mortimer leaves in a huff <laughs> because, hey, my staff just left and I have to pack all this by myself. Ah, fine. Okay, whatever. Um, and lo and behold, uh, a gentleman uh, who newly arrived in town, a one Father Gibson, uh, speaks with the uh, the priest in town and kind of coordinates with the pastor across the street 
and then talks with Warner Enright and the Purgatory Bluff school is decided to be opened um, as soon as they find a teacher. Rilla kind of mm. steps forward and says, well, you know, I have a considerable education and uh, I have a love for kids and, you know, I can I can educate. OK, sure. Why not? How fortuitous that you decided to stay. And there's some more winking between the acanthus. Uh, <laughs> um, to speed things along a little bit. Um, well, actually not speed things along too much. Um, I think in the few days after. Uh, and by the way, sorry, as I'm narrating through this, if uh, I've got your guys' list of stuff that happens, if I happen to skim over something or you're like, oh, this would be a good time for my character to be doing this thing, please interject. Um, but the house is built for, uh, Miss Theodosia and Catherine Moody. Um, I can remember Catherine's last name, but I can't remember Theodosia Stokes. Uh, um, and yes, it is, um, a bit of a barn raising. It's a, an, an interesting ordeal that when it first happens, like the only people out there are basically the cult, uh, the, and the miners, the maroons, um, and it's basically yeah, it's a big organized effort led by Sanite, uh, with Cloak kind of sitting back, hands in pockets, kind of. All right, yeah, you got this. Uh, excuse me, not Sanite, Mambo Stars, if I remember correctly. Uh, let me let me pull. Don't press my notes. Uh, oh no, is this not in here? Oh, there it is. Uh, Mambo. Uh, yeah, never mind. I'm not going to try. Ralph, could you could you give her her, her full name? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Do I remember it off the top of my head? It's in our, it in, our, in our little thread. There we go. Let me go do it again. Sorry, y'all. I will pronounce it. Tell everybody what it is. It's like, Monty Yeah, no, I, I ain't even going to try. I took I'm Spanish. Just the yeah, I absolutely know that name. What it's a very awesome she? name, and it's really good, and I'm going to pronounce it for you right away, just a moment. Yeah, <laughs> it is. La main qui attrape les étoiles filantes. Or the hand that catches falling stars, or Mambo stars, or Mambo stars for short. Um, Mambo étoile, and she takes over um, a little bit of leadership, and just over the next few weeks, Cloak kind of steps back from leadership. Um, is still involved with Maroon, still involved in the mine. Just leadership seems to shift over to Mambo stars, uh, starting with the building of. The Moody Stokes Farmstead, Homestead, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's built, you know, rather not necessarily large, but comfortable enough for, well, you know, you have the two women, they're going to need their own rooms, and then Valosia is going to need a room, uh, but they somehow managed to squeeze Rilla in there, too, um, and all squeezing in nice and cozy. Um, someone's sharing bed, but yeah, who knows about that? Uh, uh, once that is set up, Rilla really starts to feel at home. Uh, takes a couple weeks, you know, it's that whole like new house thing, but they, the, the four of them all gets, yeah, I know Chris, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, also a little small, you know, clap for Chris. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so getting set up, uh, there. Uh, let me see. Um, do, 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 do. Um, 
You know, if I had set this up in chronological order, these notes would be a lot easier to read. Um, ah, yes. So for the next month or two, um, we have a lot of learning for the entire Witch Coven. Um, there is some immediate, okay, let's um, let's red flag some stuff. Notably, the Diamond Order, uh, specifically uh, Father Gibson or... Jofiel, um, with, uh, the, one of the Abrimos, um, actually, you know, I take that back. It's probably William and Pierce Powell, the twins who are Abrimos guardians who start looking around, put on that prime site and go, there's a, there's a lot, a lot of signature Nimbus around here. <laughs> um, and basically sit you guys down with the lecture of, listen, Casting spells, casting magic, absolutely fine, especially while you're new. But over a long ter- long period of time, casting magic on the same subjects in the same area is going to start to cause your nimbus, which they probably actually give you the, you know, some of the, uh, the, the, the school book terms for a lot of these things, uh, is going to start to wear and rest on some of your townmates, some of, the, some of the people that you love and care about. Um, there's definitely a, not necessarily pointed thing for Gisela, but, yeah, uh, well, Gisela and, and Theo, with the actual, like, family members in town, it's like, hey, you have to be very careful because if you're not watching out, like, this stuff can start to rub off on them, have magical effects that are not tied to a specific spell. It's just your self- rubbing off on them or rubbing off on areas. So you need to control and kind of guide it and keep it in a contained space. So a lot of emphasis on working whatever magic you can in the hallow, um, or I think is the impetus behind Legba setting up the crossroads. Um, if, uh, Ralph, you want to explain what the crossroads is while I look for the next thing that happens. <laughs> sure. As a physical representation of Legba's commitment to helping the town, he sets up a crossroads that is, well, he constructs a crossroads that he posts once a week in usually a similar place, but um, some location kind of in a field near the border of the supernally protected part of town, part of the area. And he imposes, um, through space magic, a route, a path that people can travel to get there. So provided they have the right intention that they want to improve themselves through hard work and not at the expense of other people, if they leave town shortly before midnight on Saturday, they can reach this spot. And they'll reach this spot and they'll find Legba there with the crossroads. And of course, there'll be different writing on the crossroads, um, depending upon the time. But anyway... When they reach that point, they can engage in an exchange with him. They can request assistance with some tasks they want to perform for their own self-improvement, and Legba will assign them a task in exchange that, unbeknownst to them, will be on somebody else's behalf for somebody else's betterment that Legba believes will lead to them developing a positive relationship with someone else in town. So that he, through these actions, can help build positive sympathy between the residents of the town and help people become better versions of themselves. So sort of a benevolent, needful things 
Exactly. That's exactly right. And I did did check. Ralph is too nice of a guy. He's not doing the drifter thing of, oh, I'll give you exactly <laughs> what you asked for, bud, but you may not like it. No, no. Apparently, yeah, apparently Legba's actually a nice guy. He says, mm, only good things for you. Um, and that's right. Specifically placing the key on. You can't get here unless you're actually wanting to improve yourself and not yeah. necessarily a greedy thing. So it's not something that everybody finds. And there's probably quite a few people who go out to try and find it and never yeah. seem to. And they Just think can't. it's all fake. And meanwhile, other people, mm-hmm. oh, no, I've met him. I know like he's out there. Uh, I can't remember where. <laughs> um, but if you look, if you, if you need him, you can find the A-team. Legba. Um, so, um, yeah. so, of course, he won't keep this hidden from the rest of the coven. This is stuff that everybody knows is happening. Mm-hmm. But he intends it to have a more subtle influence on the sympathy in the town through exclu- almost exclusively the actions of the people who are, one, trying to improve themselves, and two, doing things on behalf of the other people. Um, and, uh, yes, uh, Rilla uh, d- did stay, uh, in case anybody was unclear about that, or joining us late. <clears throat> uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so we have you know, Legba kind of setting up there. Meanwhile, Babasera uh, is begun using matter magic and well yes we got we got this lovely little homestead here it'd be a shame if somebody didn't build an evil labor uh, um a safe place <laughs> underneath <laughs> underground uh <laughs> using some matter magic to kind of nudge things out of the way and and create their own sanctum there uh which brings us around to the other thing that the uh diamond order introduced you to um <clears throat> with some very scowly scowly guardians nearby um <laughs> and imagine that a lot of this teaching happens in, uh, you know, the shadowy corner of the tavern where people happen to be sharing drinks or late in the dark, possibly in the mines um, kind of thing. They explain what soul stones are. Uh, Guardian's not huge fans of it harming your soul, but admittedly, it is a useful thing and explains to you all how to use them, how to make them and how they are very, very dangerous should anybody get hold of them. Uh, and this also kind of teaching you how to create a domain um, and how one can set up and orient a place so that it is safe to do certain types of magic um, so that you guys can set up a domain, which I believe is what um, Baba Sarah sets up in her basement. Um, and what what kind of magic is Baba Sarah orienting that place to? Um, and remember, we're talking more on on the lines of the type of spells and arcana that you're doing, as opposed to how we were very laid back with it in the Rookery. And- oh. Hmm. Um. I, I'm not prepared for this question. Okay. Well, um, we can we can put a pin in it. And you, can, you can think. Yeah, we'll have fine. to put a pin in it. I have to think about it. Yes. Someone it, else makes a soul stone too. Yes. Um, which uh, definitely gets some looks from the guardians. But um, actually, believe it or not, the one who comes up alongside you and goes, this is an interesting application and gives you some guidance and some warnings is Father Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one of the three uh, adamantine arrow. Well, do, you want me to, do you want me to say what I do? Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Isabel crafts her soul stone into one of her revolvers. Oh, awesome. Because 
if it's a powerful tool and dangerous for anyone else to get, then obviously the thing that's at this point on her person at all times, especially when there's trouble to be going on, seems like a good thing to do. Now, yeah. a question I have, is it mm-hmm. a pistol? Is it both pistols as a pair or two soul stones? There's one soul stone in one of the pistols. Gotcha. Because the can't make it, rules kind of has to be that. I can't make a domain. And there are plans though. for the other one. <laughs> yeah, um, you could make a domain with it and then take it back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to set it up every time. Yeah, domains aren't permanent; it just takes an hour yeah, yeah. to set up. Yep. Well, depending on how well you roll. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, and it you know kind of depends on do you want to be able to run back to it and be like okay defend myself now uh, in here or you know I'm going to put this up real quick to summon the thing and then move on um, yep uh, though I guess it costs is it willpower or mana camera which yes. it may mana, cost nothing I think. I think it's a mana to set it up oh it's a mana per soul stone or something like that yeah yeah, whatever. We're not worried about it. This happened a year ago. Uh, but yes, Father Father Gibson, uh, Adamantine Arrow, comes alongside the Abrimos and starts to talk about, you know, yantras and symbolism and kind of makes a note that guns an interesting choice, uh, a dangerous choice, and it, you know, reflects a dangerous person. He doesn't say this with any judgment, you know, necessarily. Um, and he talks about... Um, because he himself doesn't seem to carry any weapons uh, because he's a good Irish boy. And so he boxes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he mentions that, you know, the spear is a classic tool like used to defend or attack. You know, it depends on how you're using it. And a gun can be just as similar um, mm-hmm. over on this. And I'm trying to remember, I don't nobody else mentioned a soul stone that I can remember. Um, I know. Well, actually, Baba Sarah did make a soul stone. Uh, what did you happen to make? Because I know yours, you plan to be more permanent. What object did you use? Do you know? Yeah, I was going to use a lantern. Just kind of set in like you're down in the basement. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Um, all right. Um, yeah, Gisela is not making a soul stone and is probably horrified by the prospect. Makes sense. Just hard no carving up and pulling a piece of your soul out no thanks uh and now it can be used against you if you lose it you're going to need to roll some dice for that huh um yeah ooh, roll your actually if you is, lose the way that i is did very true yes i knew there was something we needed to do yeah uh so if both of you would be so kind as to roll three dice oh man not even a problem well thought out and considered Yep. That's true. Uh, Ralph, was Legba making a soul stone? I can't remember. No. Okay, cool. Just double checking. Yep. Theo also, lost some wisdom ooh, in the process. Yeah, Theo lost wisdom. Um, also, this is... Uh, we had talked about this offline, but the idea of plans. And I think that would be the context in which Legba might consider it, having observed others do it. Oh, yeah. And then thinking long term through the possible consequences and whether or not it'd be worth the trade-off. Mm-hmm. So and maybe one of those things to observe. And of course, for Legba, Legba doesn't need a domain to enter the astral, so it's less of exactly. a pressure. 
which actually does bring up a little side thing because I know Legba is visiting the astral quite a bit. We'll get to that because I think that's going to be later in, in time. But bringing it up, um, does uh, Baba Sarah basically use her domain now to enter the astral? Okay, cool. And is it one of those like, this is an open invite. You guys are welcome to use this place. Or is is your little sanctum kind of your place? Um, that's a tough one. She would let people know that she has it. Mm-hmm. But it's not an open door uh, policy. Uh, but it's not an open door policy. And like she literally has to, like she moves the earth aside to get access to it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's good. Like it, there's no sign on the surface that there's anything underneath the house. Awesome. Love it. And like it, and it goes down quite a ways to where the something something the Earth King invites you to like. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So uh, like it yeah, people would be aware, and they might ask for it and stuff, but the, there isn't an open invitation. Okay, I like that. Uh, meanwhile, and talking about uh, <laughs> Gisela being terrified of people doing stuff with souls, Gisela has been. Um, just shy of impropriety, um, hanging around red a lot. Um, and lots of, lots of, uh, ethical questions about how, how, how fate, how, what, um, and, uh, feel free to jump in here, but yeah, obviously red helps with getting jewels out of a bad situation. Uh, cause yeah, I feel like that's probably the first thing she went to him about just trying to figure out, okay, well, clearly I fucked up. How do how do I help him correctly? Yeah. And they sort of like hash that out. Yeah. A lot, lot of the ethics of forcing somebody to behave away versus guiding them, uh, different things like that of, you know, main, maintaining some level of agency. Um, yeah, definitely stepping back into more of an advisory role. Mm-hmm. Like, get permission before I start digging around in your futures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell you things that I think might be good ideas, but then ultimately don't actually try to mm-hmm. pull those threads. Yeah. Or doing th- unless it's absolutely necessary to like save your life, right? But or uh, as Red is very very fond of doing. Hey, this is the thing you want to do. Okay, I will make you lucky, and so you can do that thing. Now, of course, if you decide you want to do something else, the luck may not be there, which you know. But that's your decision still. Um, and uh, then, uh, oh, yes, I forgot. And then uh, and Gizla starts a farm. <laughs> starts collecting sheeps or goats or, or such in the, uh, in the past. Yeah, I feel like they already had like, like had a bit of land. Oh, yeah. Just as being folks that have been here in this town for a while. They got in early. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that little garden area, pasture, they got a horse. Right. And, yeah, she's acquired goats. Goats for for meat, milk, wool, and... Uh, uh, fiber. Fiber, yeah. They are fiber goats, so she can spin yarn out of them. Which provides a little bit of a uh, friendly competition uh, with, uh, with Baba Sarah. Uh, she's got a loom. She's making fabric. Mm-hmm. But she's also picking up. Uh... I I am totally content to get <laughs> sheep and wool from Gisela. That's oh, okay, a, cool. That's not a problem at all. Okay, 
Oh, fine. I, I, let me just throw out three different plot hooks <laughs> about you guys going into this cold war over cloth. <laughs> a yarn yarn wars. War. <laughs> that was that was that was like an eight session thing, and just. Theo's virtue is generous, right? So right. she would be totally fine, you know. Right. And especially because you're basically working through Anastasio and you both are there, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, of course means Gisela has to talk to Anastasio. It's like, listen, I like working here, but I got these cows and this thread thing going on and Jules. All right. Take two. Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous, <laughs> where we have technical difficulties on a regular basis. Um, in this Not case, true. I lost power, which, like, internet, man, I thought that sucked, and now I'm realizing, mm, YouTube guys, sorry if the video looks weird, because it was probably at a lower resolution than we normally record. Dang, sorry, but uh, everything should be there. Um, so, yeah, Um Ah, yes. Jules picks up a job doing numbers for Anastasio. That literally the last thing I said? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Put your home generator on a forces node. Man, if I could. Yep. Forces mm-hmm. magic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Give me some. Like, magic. I love me some space, but, you know, just a little bit of forces goes a long way. Just say. You just want that forces is good. Yep. Dude, excellent. All right, good stuff. Bam. Use. I'm totally spending more time at home. I've got to take care of these animals. You have a business. Um, yeah, as my front for. I'm definitely doing wizard shit, and I need to not be in the store all the time. Uh, and notably, because uh, you're making your own yarn, and then you're actually knitting too, right? It's not mm-hmm. just the yarn. Gotcha. Um, so yes. Because I wanted to use that as part of um. Her spell casting more. Mm-hmm. The very persona yantra kind of thing, which also makes sense with. You know, wait, Arachne? Like, it just fits. Um, and, uh, oh, yes. And then obviously working with, as we talked about before, Red, trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Dad and this whole curse thing, uh, which, uh, in a, a list of the Diamond Order going, wait, hang on, what? Um, Red is like I haven't seen this before uh, there's a little bit of consultation with um, Egrock the Mysterium uh, uh, Moro's lady who you know basically sets up shop for a little bit and meditates and it's very weird to watch because there's no magic and then especially your peripheral mage site that tingles and lets you know no she's just hanging out here and then yeah, no, we don't know anything about that. You don't know what we the fuck she's talking about, <laughs> but apparently they don't know anything about it. Um, it's definitely one of those. OK, that's not cool. Or maybe it is cool. But yeah, right, they cool. they definitely don't recognize the what you're describing, at least. Um, and Red basically. Yeah, that gives Red an obsession. <laughs> what the hell is going on with this family? Um, that he kind of pokes and prods at a little bit. Um, uh, We jump over to Theo a little bit here to mention that she's also making clothes, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. So both of them, and which is a really, really nice way of ensuring that Gisela and Theo can meet up anytime. 
Um, there is a little bit of competition, not between them, though maybe they put it on outwardly, but Arcelia, who actually also makes clothes and dresses and stuff like that, but she's she's more of a, a seamstress, um, so a little less knitting and wool and more of she gets stuff from New York City um, and brings in, you know, linen and, and some stuff like that. Yeah, and Theo's I mean, plan Yusufu's was actually already like just, been doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and Theo's plan was actually just to make cloth. Okay, not even clothes. Um, yeah, so if there's you know, um, if there's somebody else already making clothing in the town, then she'll just make cloth for them so they don't have to get it from New York City. Yeah, so yeah, you are probably mm-hmm. helping out Arcelia, who's your buddy from, from work, which actually, uh, I guess because I don't have a note here, uh, do you keep working at the tavern, or is at this point it's the homestead? It's the homestead. Gotcha. I still help out if there's like a particular need or something like that, but for the most part, it's all homestead. Yeah. Well, and at this point, yeah, she's not taking you, uh, and Emerald Bear is not taking you away from there, and Arcelia is being such a big help now, and uh, which actually jumps us over to Chris and Isabel, um, who is also, well, I don't know how much, are you still working there pretty actively? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, unless something were to change about that. Right. Like it was like a new job or something. Exactly. Um, now, this ends up being several months later uh, down the line. And uh, some of this is a, a Chris thing and some of this is a me thing. But the Adamantine Arrow really get along with Isabel for some reason. <laughs> Who knows why? Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, and when, you know, they basically note that she's interested in this kind of sheriff thing. And, you know, kind of word gets around because Isabel doesn't just leave it at the one comment to Warner and right. No. It's a continual thing. Talking to yeah, patrons. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it starts to be like, I think from the. Um, like with the new folks in town or something like that, like um, especially if the adamantine era folks there like are good shots or whatever, like it starts turning into this whole thing and like. She starts, you know, opening up of like, yeah, I drove cattle for a little bit before Mm -hmm. arriving to town. That's how I, you know, survived out there for a while. And uh, and that is like, wait, what? (laughs) But then it's just like, oh, yeah, Isabel's just in there like twirling a gun. And and, all right, you want a whiskey or what? (laughs) The the slow build up. Of uh, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, no more more to her than just being you know pretty face and a flute, um, and yeah, like I said, the adamantine arrow. Now they have a different view of the sheriff than Isabel does because Isabel is doing it more for herself, and this is the thing I would be good at. Where the adamantine arrow are like, yes, we need a mage here in town guarding everybody. Oh, this is right up our alley, um, <laughs> and yeah, not necessarily Easy the with the philosophy path. there, boys, right? But. <laughs> for you know for isabel hey yeah you know and they're they're there to support and so yeah uh especially because you've got father gibson adamantine arrow red adamantine arrow and uh the mastigos ponytail uh ponytail yes yep um robert phillips the rather quiet mastigos um who's also called him the troublemaker (laughs) Uh, he's, he, I mean, he, he is a troublemaker, yes, because he's a Mastigos. Uh, but yeah, he's also fairly quiet. Um, they don't all make trouble. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, they're <laughs> they <do>. just <laughs> your definition of trouble. Press X no. to doubt. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they all seem to, and uh, so you've got two of these miners who keep talking about it amongst the miners, and then you've got Father Gibson who's got the ear of both uh, religious leaders and Warner and Wright. And yeah, why why don't why isn't there there's somebody to to go to when there's trouble? and problems and help mediate and protect. Uh, now, I think Isabel is probably not super huge into the whole mediation thing. Um, Are you kidding? Really? Oh, no, it's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, get, getting getting to tell people what's going to happen and... That's fair. You know, maybe manipulation. I think that's not A little bit of manipulation along the way. Hey, I don't know if that's necessarily mediation if you just tell people how it's going to be, but... um you convinced them that it was their idea true um but yeah and and warner and wright tends and kind of sets himself up as a a a magistrate uh is the term he uses um Mm -hmm. and so there's definitely a a mom and dad kind of scenario here where it's like well we're gonna go talk to to Sheriff Isabel because she does eventually <laughs> like everybody's like yeah we yeah we we everybody likes Isabel right yeah and she's fair yeah she's a nice lady and yeah it turns out she's good with a gun and there's this development over the course of months and everyone's like yeah, I don't have any problem with that do you no no nobody everybody likes Isabel um and so she gets set up as sheriff um get even a little little tin badge uh i don't know how often she probably actually wears it uh but they do give it to her um uh, even though she's still yeah okay (laughs) is it made of tin yes does it become perfected i mean that's that's another question if you start passing it through right Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah so people bring their problems either to isabel or to warner depending on who they think will give the the answer that they want. Um, mm-hmm. And there are definitely some, because I imagine Isabel is probably more um, uh, rough country justice, like, you know, you, got, you know, just deal with it where Warner is like, bring me evidence. I want this. And, you know, when Warner hears stuff about, well, so-and-so th- said this thing and so-and-so said this, Warner's like, I, I, no, I don't care about this. Go away. Like, somebody needs to bring me evidence. You know, somebody who mm-hmm. actually saw something. And that's when people will, like, swing over to Isabel and like, listen, we can't agree about what you you, you decide. Uh, how do we how do we solve this? And I think that's right up Isabel's a- alley. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and while also doing that, um, I believe Purgatory Bluff has a record number of storms for the year. Um, you just be thunderstorms all the time. Uh, it do be like that sometimes. It do be sometimes. Like- um, and uh, yeah, so lots of visits from Alfoth. Um, and, it, and it quickly starts to take that shape. Uh, he is visiting you as opposed to you visiting mm-hmm. him. Um, mm-hmm. And definitely a back and forth, I think, in terms of favors and essence. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you necessarily need Alphoth to do a lot of stuff, but, you know, there are some occasional things where, hey, this kid got lost. It influence is a lot different than spellcasting. Right. So, um, 
you know, <laughs> but it does. You know, I guess that's true. If nothing else, just for the study of stuff mm-hmm. um, yeah, but, yeah. and getting information um, and beginning to build the Tempest story. We're not there yet. Um, uh, but yes, speaking of ephemeral beings, we have a couple different things going on. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Craig real quick, because that one's the considerably simpler one of uh, basically getting Noel Hill uh, a new place to kind of set up um, with. I mean, how, how do you set out? Because obviously you're not to the point of creating another anchor. Um, but do you summon him regularly at all? Or, um, you know, summon him at his parents' place and let him, like, stay there? It, it, it would be sort of um, depending on him, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would definitely make the offer. That well, if he's if not if being there is too close for him, he can come to our place and then see them from there. Or, you know, I can give him the ability to hang out with his parents from time to time for a bit, mm-hmm. uh, invisibly um, and in twilight kind of thing. Not like actually. Yeah, I don't want to freak out his parents. Okay, that's what know. I was like. Let's clarify real quick. How uh, yeah, he's... I'm, I'm not looking to cause breaking points for you know nice people. Yeah, it's like step step through the door. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Grave dirt still on him and stuff like that. And I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe not. No. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's he. Yeah, it's. It, I think it becomes like a a monthly thing where you know you summon him up, you know, and he you know hangs there for a little while. And it's safe for him. And then as the spell ends, then he makes the trek back to the graveyard because he can, you know, he's a ghost. So he can still haul some ass. So he can get back to the graveyard and be safe Hmm. again uh, without losing all his essence. Meanwhile. (laughs) Well, uh, and along those lines, Theo wanted to get sort of a tradition going in town where after church on Sundays, we have like a picnic in the graveyard. And sort of pay our respects to our departed people that are living there and so it's kind of something she was trying to i don't know that they necessarily picnic in the graveyard sure but but around it or next to it or or just stop and visit and flowers or Mm -hmm. something like that but yeah she would be there all day sort of thing yeah and i think you know somewhere in this year we have uh another you know cave-in or somebody passing because let's be honest it's 1846 this happens um you know oh i broke a leg well that's that you're probably dead. Uh, not necessarily, but um, yeah, so you definitely have, you know, an opportunity. And I imagine that, you know, it's after the next death of somebody recognizable within the town, not necessarily like, un- unfortunately, the miners are kind of faceless shapes. A lot of the townspeople, there's been some some of the miners who've been there for a long time. Uh, ones like Marina and Forest, uh, Furnace, excuse me, um, who are known people, people like, you know, Gisela's dad, who've been around for forever. Uh, but a lot of the miners come in, they work for a little while and they leave like the those weird twins from England. Uh, you know, as the Guardians, you know, kind of leave after they've shared their knowledge and like, OK, nothing's nothing untoward is here or at least. We don't want to see anything. And so, you know, they eventually kind of move on. Um, but yeah, the next funeral, you know, the widow Stokes um, makes the suggestion of, hey, why don't we, you know, just make it a little thing of just we'll go through the graveyard and just, you know, talk about people or point them out or, you know, something like that, um, which, yeah, Noel Hill and, um, you know, the the couple other ghosts. Um 
because if, if I remember correctly, there were more than just Elliot and Noel. Um, I don't think so. I thought you said was it just the two? two? Okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Noel, you know, for when people bring... That many people in the graveyard. Right. Um, and oh, not uh, every, you know, human leaves a ghost, obviously. So, um, but yeah. And so you have the, the little visit and, you know, Noel is really the only person who, uh, as far as you all see, uh, seems to get any real benefit about it. Down in the underworld, um, Elliot gets, you know, remembered and gains a little bit of essence. And, you know, anybody else who had a ghost that went on through. Um, but yes, meanwhile, um, Legba is being a pain in my ass. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Legba is visiting into the Temenos frequently. Um, yes. How often do you think Legba is actually visiting the Temenos? Weekly, at least. Gotcha. Um, as often as he is able, especially in the beginning. And he believes that he needs to sim- synonymize his uh, like representation to people so that when their dreams touch on, when those tendrils of their dreams touch on the Temenos, as he's walking around, he can have an influence there as well. So um, we talked about the Karasaros and we kind of glossed over it, but I should reveal to you what Legba is now wearing most of the time when oh, he is adopting yes. his guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, as Perry asked in chat, clothes? Clothes. <laughs> so I'm not going to stand up, but I have tails. <laughs> That's tails on a jacket for those of you in podcast land. <laughs> no, it's a fursuit. <laughs> come, come, come watch the YouTube and you can find out. <laughs> also, he now is a special cane mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with um, a stylized Rottweiler on it, which I think would be a good choice for dogs for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, because um, he's taken the classic English aesthetic. He has an opera hat. This is so good. Yep. So, everyone. <laughs> That's like This is what people see when they visit the crossroads. <laughs> and this is also, of course, Legba's guise when he is in the astral. Right. Uh, Ralph just... There's no prop budget. That's just Ralph buying Ralph stuff. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you say you recently purchased these or I purchased these items on what day was it in August? Early August. So I should reveal to you all that I've been a little frustrated that there was a request for the props and I had planned and I did this (laughs) and I was ready. And then there was no visits to the (laughs) astral and I kept hinting at it. (laughs) We kept avoiding it. There were all kinds of things that could happen. It's been two months, everybody. (laughs) Sorry. Sitting on it. I've been yeah. pretty clear about my stance on the astral. <laughs> I know. You gotta take her forcibly. That's right. But we could have visited your own heroes, right? Yep. There could have been things. There could have been things. So anyway, I'm definitely going to need to start running a fan in my room because this is quite warm. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how long you're going to last with that, but... Yeah, we'll see. But yes. Uh, so Legba visiting weekly to... after taking some time to find it, uh, which actually does bring me to the Diamond Order, um, who are very curious about this. Um, the idea of, oh, you're going to find Purgatory Bluff in the Temenos. 
And initially, uh, Lasha, right? Yeah. Um, mm. Who, you know, is like, uh, I mean, why? There's not a lot. You're not going to gain any knowledge from here. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go together. And, you know, Lasha has experience there. Um, and you guys find Purgatory Bluff, which is, you know, it looks much like Purgatory Bluff. Um, the people there are, you know, you basically have Warner and right. You have Madame Robert. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, they're the only people like everybody else may be there, but not to any like real degree of power or representation. Um, mm. They're walking around as probably rank zeros. Um, you know, they exist and they think they are the real selves and go through real life. Uh, but Warner Enright definitely knows he's Goetia um, and mm. rules Purgatory Bluff because Purgatory Bluff is his, both in the physical world and the astral. Um, now, bear in mind, because Craig is making a face. Um, <laughs> Theo, uh, as Craig sure. as Theo is making a face, because everything about that phrase just rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, what Goetia Warner Enright thinks is not the same thing as what Warner Enright actually thinks. And notably, and we haven't touched on it because we haven't been back to the astral, but Goetia, especially the ones in the Temenos, are little gods. They're all kind of dickish, very similar to the way the spirits are, unless you're like a rank one, like Ganep. Um, and yeah, uh, Warner Enright uh, takes some uh, Goetic uh, talking to, um, mm. wherein Lasha and Legba show up and basically go, mm, you're a figurehead. And here in the astral now we run this um it takes a couple months of some frequent visits and beating warner and right around um that well if i can interject oh, briefly i imagine that some of that is facilitated by legba having shadow self mm-hmm. so he appears as legba so it might influence how much other goetia are willing to talk to him mm-hmm because he's going to have that influence on them just as Legba the Goetia would. Right. Yeah, the, because yeah, everyone mistakes you, uh, at least initially, as the actual rank four, I think, uh, Legba. Uh, take some time before they realize, oh, this is not actually Legba, but uh, by that time, things have, thoughts about Warner have changed within uh, the town. Um, and Warner isn't quite a figurehead of Purgatory Bluff, but there's definitely a step down in his, um, I want to say opulence, but his, uh, mm. his, his position, uh, wherein he becomes much more of everybody's landlord. They don't think mm. of him as the leader of town, uh, but more that the people are in charge of the town. Um, we're the ones who live here. We're the ones who work here. And yeah, he may own the land for some of us. Um, other people have bought the land from him or, you know, if they're old enough, we're just claimed where they're at. Um, and so Warner takes this, you know, kind of magistrate leader position or not leader position, uh, but uh, bureaucratic position 
um, while the town starts to take on a bit of new leadership. And it's also probably about the same time that Sheriff Isabel becomes a thing as people go, yeah, we do need somebody besides you, Warner, um, and things shift. Um, the other thing, of course, that Legba is being very active in doing in the astral is gardening. Um, yep. And, and basically, uh, there's, there's a great line here. Where is this? Ah, yes. The flowers oh, of hope you. and good fortune are given more space and, you know, actively cultivated throughout the town, which doesn't necessarily have a direct physical interaction, but it does keep you know, when people are having good thoughts about a thing or like, for instance, when the school is built, um, which uh, the Maroons, after having built the homestead of the Stokes Moody farm, uh, go, huh? Yeah. And it ends. And it's not just the Maroons at this point. It's like, hey, the miners, let's. And because Warner Enright's leading, he's like, y'all, we're going to take a day off of mining and we're going to lift bricks and some timbers and the miners are like, I don't think this is exactly a day off. Oh no, you're still getting paid. <laughs> oh, okay. We're on board. Um, as basically, and it's, it's an, a, a, where the bridge was very much a Warner Enright thing. The building of the school is a very town thing. And that day, which is a couple months after Rilla takes, takes on the school marm, uh, position, um, is, is a much more communal thing. The miners coming down, both mm. the, the white miners and the maroons, and then some other folks, some of the folks coming in from the farm, uh, because many of them are going to have kids that they're going to send into school, depending on the season, and, you know, where the crops are. Um, and so you have effectively a bunch of the men, some of the handier women, building a school, and then you have a lot of, well, let's be honest, mothers uh, who are like, oh, Oh, here, food, food, you get food, you get food, and feeding everybody. And it is this oh, no. kind of... That was excellent timing uh, for another power outage. Somebody grab a screenshot. That's a great pose. That's a great one. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hey, you're back. Oh, you're back. Yay. I never left. Um, oh, okay. Well. Yep. Hmm. I'm looking here. Yeah, I didn't even drop any frames. That was just Discord. Okay. Just right. froze on our end entirely. Twitch guys, did That's you fine. catch all that? Or was I also frozen? As I started making comments about you get food, you get food, I was like, nobody's laughing. Hmm. You stopped that. There are a whole lot of moms doing and then yep. like reaching and then you stop. Yeah, there was a whole lot of moms and then you're frozen like you were throwing a frisbee pose. Yep. <laughs> I mean, a accurate pose, yeah. Chat, are you still there? Oh no. Still there? A bit. Chris AFK for a second. Ah, you kept talking, but video went weird. Terrific. Thank you, Noctal. I appreciate you laughing. Noctal thought your jokes mm -hmm. were very funny. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, today is clearly cursed for my technical side of things. And yeah, Chris is going AFK. My dog has finally stopped barking. Okay, don't yeah, don't disturb her now. It's been an hour and six minutes. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, lag in the video. Frozen time for 15 seconds. Okay. So yeah, the video just for all of us just kind of froze. So cool. Mm. So yes, there's a lot of moms passing out food to workers, other people. Kids are like running nails and tools around and it becomes a very, very well coordinated event. Um, mm -hmm. 
which is it, it's terrific. It's really well done. Everybody is working in sync with each other, and Red and Lasha are back, possibly with uh, Gisela um, and. Uh, well, honestly, any of you who are interested and in showing, hey, this is us. This is this is a situation where we're going to use magic, not because it's necessary, but because here's an opportunity to put this town together. And so there's some um, little bit of prying to help everybody's bump everybody's impressions of each other up. Uh, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of mind, not quite to the point of telepathy, but uh, actually probably using perfect sympathy where all of a sudden everybody kind of knows what each other is going to say and do and it just kind of flows and everybody gets along mm. and there's this kind of anti kind of coordination um, where everybody just kind of works really well together um, and you know they, they they use it as a you know educational point of see this is this is what we can do but you know, we don't want to do this all the time because a somebody's going to start to notice. Wow, we're really, really all working in sync all the time. Nobody ever argues, and somebody will inevitably notice, and it'll throw everything off. Uh, but using short bursts, this is a terrific way to you know work things together, and that may even be the thing that kind of nudges Legba into ah, you know, creating the crossroads and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if it happens slowly, more gradually, right. then it won't be something that people immediately recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, let's see here. Bum, 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 bum. And and if anybody doesn't catch the um, like symbolism of creating perfect sympathy and harmony between people in town, purgatory is the place where people are prepared to go to heaven. And Guinea is, you know kind of like a halfway point is heaven in and of itself and a connection to it. So it's definitely Legba's intent. He's trying to turn purgatory into a place where it is right before people go to heaven. So they die in their minds thinking that this is the best place for me. And I've done the best I could with the people around me. Mm-hmm. Which actually does bring up also Limnir going, Hey guys, guys, this is Atlantis. This is, this is the shit I'm talking about. Uh, you know, everybody working in, in their, their decided role mages assisting and sleepwalkers ah yes sleepwalkers y'all thought i forgot i didn't forget jules definitely becomes a sleepwalker and if anybody and is it gradual uh not quite um as as opposed to the you know dipping out on an awakening uh no um it's actually more of (laughs) to your all possible surprise and with the work of you guys kind of doing magic a little around him and then Jules doing stuff and eventually somebody uh, may end up checking out his soul maybe to see how he's doing and it turns out that the the shard of the abyss does not reside within uh, Mr. Jules uh, whether Ooh. this is something that was um you know, he was born this way, which does happen, um, or how, uh, and it does after a little bit, and especially later into, uh, our year as more and more of the mages have left and, you know, Jules is starting to get clued in on things. Now, actually, this does bring me up to one of my questions for you all. Um, Mm -hmm. Rilla basically does not have a filter with Jules in terms of Mm. magic. She's, he has seen what 
her what she went through, knows you all are witches, and she doesn't kind of hold back at all um, and starts to explain what she's seen and stuff like that. And I would imagine that Theo is the one who notices first just because of her interactions with Catherine in the same way. Catherine forgets things when you've explained them. Jules doesn't. And not that you guys ever brew it ever again, but the potion, Jules is able to make it. Um, And through a little bit of discovery and eventually talking to Eggrock when everybody else has left, um, she's like, yeah, he may be, to, to use a term that isn't actually real, a fallen magic sorcerer. He is capable of doing and creating rites. Um, now, bear in mind, one can do the open rites, which anybody can do. It's, you know, you put salt around in a circle, and that's abjuration. There's a couple different things like that that are open rites. These are game terms. But mm-hmm. there are closed rites, which one must basically take as a merit, and you spend some willpower, yeah. and you're limited. But mm-hmm. he is an actual sorcerer. Awesome. Um, and has some actual rights himself uh, that he will eventually, uh, throughout the year, learn from Eggrock and notably from Benito. Yes. Because Benito is not actually a sorcerer um, in the, like, taking closed rights and stuff like that, but he is a sleepwalker and he's aware. And so Benito and Jules become... Uh, become buddies or like so what's this sidekick uh, sleepwalker gig like um and starts to learn some things and so yeah on on the surface jules is uh just he he does the numbers for uh initially just uh anastasio but eventually even um warner and he basically ends up being the mm. town accountant in one way or another. And Ooh, eventually, if cool. we get there, you know, the treasurer of the town, you know, stuff yeah, like that. He's, absolutely. He, he's mm-hmm. great with numbers. By night, he is a cloaked and spooky sorcerer. Um, <laughs> Time to start anchoring spells on him to help him out. Yep, that's actually true. Yeah. Uh, he does have uh, that vibe, which is a thing that Benito does teach Jules about. Um I don't think that Jules has revealed that information to you all by the time we're going to be picking up. Uh, It's probably something more of a recent revelation, especially as he's realizing, (laughs) hey, I can do these things. And Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, makes sense. Eggrock basically gets a book of fallen magic, not a real grimoire in the Mm -hmm. way she or you all are used to it, but actually gets a grimoire of ancient spells. And Jules is like, all right, I'll try this one. This one looks interesting. And yes, conjures forth, you know, uh, effectively a <clears throat> demon from a lower depth. And it, it's definitely one of those, like during the, the, the break, it's one of the bigger kind of events where it's like, cool, we did this. Um, <laughs> How do we clean up the mess? <laughs> <laughs> Mages. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, Isabel, yeah, Chris, you're right on, on page with me. Step into so the room. I pull out my gun. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. What is that? Blam, blam, blam. What is that? Uh, what was that? Right. Um, and it's like, okay, we're, we're putting that. Yeah. Um, but that is the only one that, um, 
that Jules actually performs with basically no supervision and without any warning. Um, and he also asks for help. <laughs> well, and, and notably, he also has like that was like because they were going through a ritual that they didn't fully understand, and it was supposed to summon help. <laughs> that's not the kind of help we wanted uh please creepy flaming entity from another plane please please go away and sheriff isabel was like yeah uh, sheriff petricor <laughs> rolls up and says yeah not my oh, town it's, it's sheriff isabel sheriff isabel yeah that's true um petricor is not a sheriff that's true that's very true um uh, <clears throat> cool a priestess um and then uh Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Priestess Petricor. Ooh, which even sounds better. Um, let's see here. Um, also, towards the end, basically, as um, you all stop having minders, because Egrock is is very straightforward with you and, and puts forth a social contract, which is basically, I do not care what you all do within town so long as it is not abyssal or harms her research. She's very, very straightforward with it. She points out and like says, you know, Guardian, Silver Ladder, they may get pissed that you're doing left-handed stuff. I don't care. That's for you all to determine. If you want my advice, I will give it to you. But you all did not sign up. You're doing your own thing. Um, but also, if you do shit that threatens me, uh, she, she is 100% willing to rip your soul out. And so you can't do that anymore. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, but... Again, like, do whatever you want with the town. It's your town. She doesn't have a stake in it. Threatening and shit like that. <laughs> well, it's not even a, a threat. It's a promise. It is a threat when you say, it's, "Hey, it's a promise." Gonna, it's a promise. It's a threat. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, uh, yeah, and and she because she basically sets out very very little restriction, and she's like, "I don't care. I will tell you stuff if you ask for it." Um, some of it, like if it's deeper knowledge or. Some of the rotes that you guys all acquired. Because uh, did you all pick up rotes? I can't remember. Okay. I didn't have any nope. XP. Uh, I grabbed two. Ain't gonna get no rotes. Gotcha. Uh, and yeah, so she, uh, but yeah, she's very straightforward. It's like, if you need stuff, like I have access to grimoires from here. Because uh, she does set up a sanctum. Um, and oh yeah, sorry. Her day job is basically, she is a, uh, she is a historian. Um, hmm. And so she puts on this thing for Warner and oh, yeah, yeah, I'm writing down the story of Purgatory Bluff. Um, and when uh, Apache tribes um, come through the area, she goes out to speak with them. Um, and while we're going to leave that one within the year, but she does mention to some of the wise within the Apache of like, hey, there are mages in this town. Like, they're cool, they're chill, um, but for the most part, they leave you guys alone because uh, I want any real interaction with the Native American wise. We'll do that on screen. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, she basically does, you know, go out and speak with them and learn some of their tales and their stories and their history and uh, things like that. And so that is her her day job, uh, which dovetails very well with her night job of, you know, being part of the Mysterium. Um, but yeah, then we get into the stuff where, you, like I said, you guys do without supervision, like Isabel and Theo going on a hunting trip. You know, when the farmers in the area start complaining and saying, yeah, something got at my cows. 
something big or mm. a couple somethings, perhaps. Hmm. Oh, shit. And so, of course, everybody goes, Sheriff! Bulls got my cows! You gotta do something right. about this! Oh, and man. I don't know. How does Sheriff Isabel actually respond to that, by the way? I'll take care of it. That's kind of what I thought, but yeah. Yeah. Turns out the um, the fiercest with the, some dots in survival probably can track down just about anything she wants to. Oh, yeah. She ain't have no trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, Theo, do you interject? Like, do you have, because I know your idea, right? Is that a, mm-hmm. like, as soon as you hear about a wolf, you're like, ooh, I'm on board, or is it a later thing? How um, do you think Theo does that? Um, well, if it if the opportunity hasn't come up, she would have gone out on her own and got one. Mm-hmm. I imagine um, this is your first opportunity. Yeah, so, um, yeah, she would definitely be on board for heading out and doing that. Which, now, here's the other thing. Does Theodosia Stokes go out with Sheriff Isabel? Or is this a, hey, I'll meet you out a little ways as, you know, Baba Sarah? Well, Theodosia may have, like, brought some bandages and things like that. Is just, but she wouldn't have stayed Theo. Like, right. it's definitely Baba Sarah that finishes the hunt, I guess. Yeah, I think it's very much like a, all right, keep up. Mm-hmm. Baba Sarah can keep up. Sure. Baba Sarah's a little badass, as I understand it. L- little yeah. cranky badass, I, I imagine. Well, she's probably not all too cranky. Because she's she's a protector, but I don't see her as a, like, a little grandma, right? No. And, uh, yeah, hunt down the wolf pack. Get one of them. The others are run off. And I guess... Or do you have enough dots to make it clear to them that this is not territory for them and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, life too. Oh, yeah. Shielding. Yeah. If nothing else. Yeah, the only reason actually that she would actually take down one of them is for your request. Cool. Because otherwise it's just gotta find them and chew them off. Hell, like fucking one dot life is capable of it oh yeah just like yeah go away don't come back compelling but yeah what 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 does you know babasera do with said wolf so the uh the wolf ends up in the the sanctum underneath the house and then a, a couple days later um there's a mangy looking wolf that just starts to hang around the the stokes moody farmstead that doesn't seem to need to eat or drink or breathe, but <laughs> looks in all other ways like a tame wolf. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, now um, by tame... As a, as, a, as a permanent guardian. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, my question here is, you know, tame as in like comes through the house or is just like it hangs out in the fields? No, it hangs outside the house. It's not uh, an indoor... It's not an indoor dog. <laughs> um, however, should something... Like it, the idea is that it's there as a protector. Right. So should something happen inside the house, it would certainly go in, but otherwise it just kind of hangs around and it's sort of tuned to, uh, like, uh, Catherine can direct it and Theo can direct it kind of thing. So it's definitely like a, a family protector. Mm-hmm. Chris, you're making some faces there, bud. 
Just wondering what Catherine's integrity is at this point. Yeah, we're just making her a sleepwalker. It looks like a wolf. And wolves... Normal people can't give directions to wolves. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a... Unflinching directions that that, like... Yeah, it's not like she can tell it to roll over and stay and shake a paw or anything like that. Uh, but it knows that Theo, um, uh, uh, the commands that it's been given are that um, Catherine Moody and Veloja are to be protected. So it, it, that's the yeah. But wolves don't take commands at all. Oh sure. Well, but I don't it's think not a wolf anymore. Yeah, I don't think Catherine is uh, aware of because I think that's probably where it comes up. Is Catherine doesn't give it is probably not even aware of the wolf, uh, other than maybe seeing it in the dark, in the shadow mm. or off in the distance. Uh, because let's be honest, like the wolf does not need to be like in the fields. Wolves yeah. are fast. Um, mm-hmm. And if you put the reach into it to make sure that they're real fast, big, big, fast zombie wolf. Uh, mm. Yeah. Should be. So, should be so it, yeah, it hangs around in the periphery. It's, it's you know, there and present and okay. would be seen from time to time and stuff like that, but it's not that, like it sleeps on the porch or anything. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Hun, I got you house. a pet wolf. No, you don't have to feed yeah. it. It'll be fine with the kid. Thank you, Perry. It really is an unaware wolf. All right, get out. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right Fantastic. I'm on board. That was excellent. Yes. Um, I, I definitely think that that's probably a thing that Theo probably gets a little bit yelled at by the Guardians and maybe the mm. Silver Ladder even. I'm like, whoa, you are like crossing some lines with what information you are giving to Catherine and how upfront you are about, you know, being being a mage. Uh, now, of course, they're like, hey, you're not following our rules. But, you know, there there, there is some potential backlash, which you're aware of already. Like the breaking mm-hmm. points, the, the couple times that you tried to explain some stuff, had some big backlash with her. And so we don't do that anymore. But so, yeah, Theo's uh, perspective is that she's going to answer any question. She's not necessarily going to volunteer information, but she'll answer questions as openly and honestly as she can without like skirting around the whole breakpoint thing. Mm hmm. I think we've established that that uh, Catherine knows that there's weird stuff about Theo, but she doesn't think like, he doesn't have a mental box to put it in. Yeah. Well, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're, you're going around calling yourself a witch, uh, especially with, you know, these others and stuff like that. And it's gotten to that point now where she's like, yeah, I don't ask questions. I trust. And that's it. Uh, which actually mm-hmm. does get us to because we did gloss over it. Uh, the proposal. <laughs> Because uh, that would have been earlier, uh, sometime after the building was built, if I remember correctly. Actually, probably probably right before, like right when we're starting the time skip. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole thing with Rilla had Catherine asking some you know, kind of pointed questions to Theo about like what she desired and like, do you want me? Would you do you wish that I was like that? And that got Theo thinking. I mean, they've been together and Theo knows how she feels and she's pretty sure how Catherine feels, but they haven't really made any promises or anything. Um, so that was sort of the conversation that would have taken place as you know, there's no church that Theo knows in this country that would marry them, but maybe there's another way to do it that there would is. make their vows be more true, like in a write our vows in the stars sort of way 
is kind of how she would try and phrase it. Speaking and, of and stars. Theo, uh, and yep. if, uh, <laughs> if Catherine's amenable, then uh, she knows that Gisela has a certain affinity for those types of things. You have that, but what? yeah, as, as uh, Ralph is pointing out, there is definitely Mambo stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The actual a, priest. Well, yep. <laughs> well priestess and, um, and yep. voodoo. Yep. Same-sex relationships are accepted yeah. and encouraged in voodoo. Yeah, I was so thinking of suggesting have... that to you once I thought about it more, because, like, Gisela is not a priest of any right. sort remotely. Yeah. And that would be that would be fine, but Theo is not looking like for a priest to sanctify. She's looking for like a, a supernal oath because that's more meaningful to her as a like a you know it's almost like writing reality that we're now together almost is how she thinks of it. Uh, but having the the voodoo priestess do that would be just fine as well. Yeah. And especially because that's the, that's your ceremony, right? You know, the only issue is that she wouldn't want this to be like she still feels vulnerable in the town, so she doesn't want this to be mm. like no. Oh yeah, so I don't think she would, would try. Like, oh, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they helped you raise your house, so I'm mm-hmm. sure that Mambo Stars would be willing to help you sanctify this official beginning of your family. Yeah. So yeah, that would be fine. Yeah, it's entirely mm-hmm. up to you. Just mentioning yeah. that. No, that we happen no, that, to have a context where. In 1846, you could gain official legitimacy in a specific religious faith. And it might so. uh, you know, carry more meaning for Catherine that way. So, yeah, that sounds great. That's a great idea. Yeah. Cool. I definitely think Catherine is like, hang on, you're, are you serious? And and I think you, you have cloak. And, and Theo does the whole get down on one knee thing and stuff like that. She doesn't <laughs> like, will you marry me? Yeah. But she's like, will you allow me to bind my life to you? And will you agree to bind yours to me? Because my issue with the oaths is that, like, that's, again, part of doing magic on people who can't really consent to it. (laughs) Because, like, she's not a sleepwalker. She doesn't. that's fine. She does not know what she's doing. Which, I mean, I... I, You do. Right. And I think that's a very good, like, in-character conversation that you guys probably had. And it's like, "Mm, not okay with that. Uh, And it may be because I... Which, actually, we were really bad about me bringing this up, but... And ooh, it's 7.30, so we may talk about this when we get back. But is the, like, rules and regulations by which you all kind of handle your your business uh, amongst mm-hmm. yourselves. And especially now that Rilla is here, you've got the five of you. And it's like, okay, how do we do things? And also, does Jules have a vote? And, you know, so some of those kind of questions. Um, but yeah, doing magic on Jules when he... He consented, but not really. Didn't know the degree Came back and bit me in the ass. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, But yeah, I think technical difficulties aside, we're at the, the our halfway spot. Um, so we will take a little break and then we will come back and we will talk about a voodoo wedding and anything else I may have missed from the time skip. Uh, scrolling through, I didn't see anything else. Well, the tripping of the shadow and the inadvertent follows from that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, the twilight, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Twilight. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But we can talk about that when we come back. Absolutely. So, folks, we will be right back. Uh, Twitch guys, go get something to drink, eat, stuff like that. YouTube guys, don't blink. And I'm sorry because the video and audio has probably been really weird this episode. Unless it's not, in which case you won't even hear this part. Bye. See you soon. Bye. All right. Yeah. So let me jump back over here, review some other little notes. 
Um, there's some stuff that is mentioned, but I'm not going to bring up like uh, <clears throat> uh, bones. Um, well, actually, yeah, we will. I guess we will have to talk about that. Um, so yeah, a couple other things that I had forgotten to bring up because they were little bullet points. But yes, Baba Sarah um, learning about perfected materials, which actually probably starts with the flute uh, because I almost forgot. But yes, and learning in the, you know, Diamond Order going, hang on, where'd you get that flute? Uh, it, it's my flute. <laughs> I've always had it. Um, and explaining what... It's always been like this. Yeah. They all been everybody's business. Ever they since my trying to make sure, They're always try, trying to ask questions about everybody's shit. Well, they, they want to know. Out of here with that. They need to get They're getting payment. Yeah. They got to share. And notably, yeah, asking that and being told what it is um, uh, brings us to Babasera going, uh-huh. And... <laughs> exhuming the body of Elliot Booth and the bones. Oh, well, fair. Yeah. I think he doesn't need them anymore. Nope. Yeah, that's a thing that you should probably not tell Gisela about. Just because at this point you're desecrating a corpse and mm. he doesn't need it. He's moved on. Probably best if Sheriff Isabel doesn't know either. Yeah, but like this is a, a real person. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, exhuming. Keep the, the source of your bones to for yourself, <laughs> and beginning to perfect them using the ghost gate method, uh, as described by Atratus in New York City, uh, and uh, yeah, working through that to create a set of path tools. Because I almost forgot about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, notably because we, we kind of skimmed over it in being the undertaker and keeper of the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And just being willing to do that service for people so that, you know, it's, just, it's a helpful thing. The fact that maybe sometimes those bodies don't end up in there and are actually stacked up in her sanctum. No, probably not. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Uh, and not explained by it only. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not the... I mean, grossed up my bodies is the fact that, again, desecrating corpses and like sacred mm-hmm. graveyards. And oh, I yeah. totally get that that's how Giza would see it, but the. I mean, that's how the people who buried them see it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's disrespectful to the families. Yeah. And the people. You take the who bones before buried. you bury them. What if. Just she take out a couple Elliot. bones before you bury them. Right. Mm-hmm. But. You know, if she got consent from the corpses. <laughs> it's true. Right? Wouldn't it be a different situation? Isn't that the one she sent to hell? Yeah, no, sent on to heaven. Freed from his burdens so he could indeed cross over. I know what I said. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, for now, canonically, the only person whose grave has been disturbed is Elliot Booth. Also, Mm -hmm. just one more point Mm -hmm. in Cloak and Theo's defense. He made the choice himself. We just coaxed him into a point mm-hmm. where he could come to a realization. That's not like I smashed his uh, anchor or anything like that. Nope, you didn't. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, perfected bone uh, path tools and also a method that you all may use to perfect materials. Um, right. Uh, which actually brings us to scrolling through, making sure I didn't miss anybody else's stuff. 
they bought- There is one last thing I thought might uh, make sense to happen during the time skip, which mm. is them teaching us about how to use high speech as a yantra. Uh, that is definitely something that they are not teaching. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. That is, you got to join up to get that benefit. Exactly that. Yeah. They, gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for, for them, it is one of those things of, they, they mentioned that like it is possible to learn this. Um, mm. And it is definitely something that I'm okay with you guys eventually buying, especially with uh, Legba's existing high speech fluency thing. But yeah, mm. the, the merit of high speech um, as a as a as a yantra yeah they they mm -hmm. do not teach uh similar to like the rotes that uh well i guess it was just ash who bought rotes um there were favors exchanged um mm. to get those what they were not going to worry about you know it may have literally been red saying hey let me you know take a look at your dad because now this is my obsession or some you know there was an exchange um, mm. we also got to deal with the freaky supernal yes we did or maybe we'll talk about that momentarily. But I, yes, that is that is. I just point. want, I want to clarify that the way that it has been described that they are approaching this relationship does not endear them to Isabel in any way. Right, and and they're they're okay with you know like these are not our friends. Correct. I do not have to put up with them any more than I can throw them. That is, and yeah, and that and is. And I have forces too. <laughs> <laughs> and that is very specifically their, like, they do not, like, if you are not joining up with the order, it is a very business relationship. And that's, uh, as, as I uh, alluded to earlier with Egrock, like, she's like, this is a, this is a business relationship. I'm not here to be your mom. I'm not here to protect you. I you know have information that is available for sale um but, but that is okay but like specifically if isabel finds out that there's things they're specifically either teaching us from her opinion wrong or refusing to elaborate upon then everything that they want to know from her is off limits there are no more favors from Isabel. So she doesn't she doesn't barter favors. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's that's absolutely a character choice. Um, uh, but yeah, because they 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 are very blatant about like, hey, everything that's you want to learn, it's an exchange, um, and which actually makes sense for you know Isabel. She didn't buy any roads, so yeah, she's like, no, nah, not my thing. Uh, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, I think actually the. Um, the so they don't learn anything about the fluid at that point. Then you guys may not learn about perfected materials. Because that is, that is what I was actually about to say. I was going to say, I think the perfected materials and learning about the flute, that may be the realization that Isabel has of like, mm. okay, this is this That's is fine. this exchange and they talk about it. And mm. you realize that this is how everything is. And that may mm. be the thing where Isabel's like, all right, well, yeah, that, that's fine. Oh, that's good. I like that. I will. I would like to admit something now. I'm feeling a little bit of player bleed mm. on behalf of Cloak. Mm -hmm. So I had assumed that there would be some kind of exchange, but it would be weighted more in our favor, in part because they're invading our town from Cloak's perspective and demanding information and wanting to figure out what's going on, right? They said they would respect our territory, provided that we respect theirs, and then help them in the event that they can, and an equitable relationship, and all that makes sense. 
But now I'm getting the impression that in order to gain any help, advice, information, story, education from them, we have to do something in exchange for it. Much and of although, it, and, and well, real, quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, just just to provide additional detail. Although it often makes sense from my perspective and Cloak's perspective that there be some reciprocity when somebody does something for you. Cloak assumed that it would, like I just said, wait, be weighted more in our favor. A lot of what the the stuff that I told you is stuff that was basically purchased for your story, your explanation of what was your awakening like. Um, tell me about hmm. your shadow name or you know things of that nature. And a lot of this stuff was either free or cheap if it basically ensured your continued survival or especially from the guardians the guardians are the ones who like well like okay we're gonna have to teach you about soul stones before you discover this yourselves and yeah. harm your souls hmm. you know so there's some of that stuff that like they're like okay hang on we got to teach you this right now so you don't go off the deep end uh talking about um how learn this stuff and why you yes, should you know exactly it in Right, or even explaining the concept of wisdom, for instance. Uh, some of that stuff where it's like, hang on, you need to know this that way you don't harm yourselves or anything mm -hmm. like that. To to put a uh, metaphor to it, they show you how to put the safety on the gun, point it, and pull the trigger. Actually learning to aim, hold your breath, time on the practice range, all that, that is the stuff that they're like, okay, no, you've got to, there's got to be an exchange here. Um, so yeah, they're not completely like they basically give you the 101 don't harm yourselves, don't harm others stuff, and after that, it's it becomes an exchange. Uh, okay, and which definitely sounds like Giesel was on board with, like, I'm gonna get some merits, I'm gonna, you know, this stuff, Theo as well. And and I actually I really appreciate Isabel going, not for me, guys, nah. Uh, now, a question I want to clarify just so I understand Isabel's. Um, thought process is she like I'm never doing an exchange or I got it don't like it uh, but I will it is it is a she sees it as a uh, manipulative relationship from beings of different power levels so if she feels a very like to know predator prey power yeah exactly level. Okay. Yeah, like if they request to know something about it, she like she doesn't have that much, like she doesn't have that much to bring to the bargaining table, respectively. Mm -hmm. So she will fiercely guard them, sure, and make them pay dearly if they really want to know something. Okay, but so you are willing to do an exchange, but it's it's going to be something where you it will come out in my favor, right? Right, gotcha. is is her is her attitude okay. right? Yeah, no, I, and that probably means she doesn't get anything, right? Right, which I mean, and so you know, which and, is fine. Yeah, either way, we yeah, because I, I actually love it because yeah, you know, Isabel didn't pick up. Actually, did you pick up any nope. XP stuff? Okay, yeah, because I know you didn't I pick mean, any rooks. Not not related to them. Okay, right. Uh, that's right because I think you picked up like locus a, a status. Oh, right. A status dot and a dot invested in the locus. Gotcha. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. And yeah, uh, Ralph, thank you for bringing that up. That was, uh, yeah, good good clarification. 
Um, I appreciate you for providing that response. Yeah, it no, helps um, me understand. Yeah, because the yeah the the goal like once especially once you made it the f- well at, at the point now we have Rilla the five of you are like we're not joining up. They're like cool. We're going to open up the magical general store. Here's what's available. Here's what it's going to cost you. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Then can I ask uh, for a confirmation of what would be required for Legba to learn about Atlantis from the oh, Silver Ladder li- member? Yeah, li- Limnir, free. <laughs> sit down, have a okay. drink. Let me tell you about what Atlantis ten, is. You just oh, got ten minutes there of your day. Because he, he wants to learn as much as he can about Atlantis. Right. It's just... It, to him, sounds like everything he's trying to achieve, mm-hmm. right? Everything he's been told is what Guinea would be, right. right? If people were there with the Loa, right? This is what it would be. And so, apparently, this is a place that was and will be. Yeah. Legba's all all on board yep. to hear about it. And Limnir is deep in the philosophy side of it, of like, you know, it may not even be a real place so much as mm-hmm. it, it's a being, which like, and you you bring in the voodoo thing, and he's like, yeah. that's the right concept, yeah. And you guys have a day about it, and it's kind of ridiculous because like, it's probably the two of you sitting back somewhere cozy away from everybody, and mm-hmm. just throughout. I think both sides we have both the witches and the diamond order looking over at the two of you, going, they're just going on. They just keep talking about it. <laughs> They're doing it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. Yep. That's what it is. Uh, it's a good time. But yeah. It, yeah, that's t- right, Barry. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> that was pretty spot on. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Let me jump over to my notes. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that actually brings us to... Because um, I'm realizing now, Craig, I kind of want that to happen. Oh, yeah. I think we may... We, may talk about it um i don't know how much of the coven end up on the trip as a whole because uh, it may mm. end up being you and gizela um if um you know it's a transactional thing um and so you know isabel and you know cloak may have stepped back from it and especially because twilight probably doesn't mean as much to legba as it does to you right uh so i don't know if if uh Legba would be there when they're teaching about Twilight. Isabel is probably out because not, you know, I'll learn that on my own end. Let's be honest. I already got it. Yeah, Isabel's got a got a pretty good foot in the door about Twilight. Um, though Spirit Twilight is vastly different from from so death. What is you talking about? Um, uh, taking you guys for a trip into Twilight. I don't think you slow go. Legba definitely would. It's a liminal Just, space. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. She's still right, already nice. like thoroughly freaked out by the ones that are on this side. <laughs> That's true. Well, you're going through the death side. There's very little over on this side. You know, you have the remains of you got ghosts. Oh, yeah, but they're over in the graveyard. That's it. They don't wander about like spirits or wherever their anchors are generally. Yeah. Right. If uh, we're talking about visiting another state or plane, however it can be conceived from Legba's naive perspective, he would absolutely go. That's dope. That makes sense. Yeah, because like you said, he's the you know. It's it opening is like away. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're into that. Yes. He's that's what he does. Intensely paranoid. Makes sense. So, and, yeah. So, which is perfect because um, this is when you guys see the other side of uh, Eggrock, uh, which she basically creates a ghost gate, Ooh. opens it for you guys, and says, "Step on through and enter Twilight." 
uh, you know, after you know, there's a bit of you know book learning and some explanation and stuff like that. And she basically says, I'll open this up. This is a safe place. And for uh, Theo, she can open her you know, mage site and be like, no ghosts here. You mm -hmm. know, this is this is a safe place. Uh, and, and Egrock does actually point out the superiority of using death twilight over spirit twilight in terms of traveling and doing stuff, because spirit twilight is there's a lot going on over there. Death side is pretty empty. They're the remains of like in in more uh, established places. You know, you have the the remains of buildings and people lingering. But here, it's just less of a big deal. And so, Egrock sends you both in through the ghost gate. And Isabel wouldn't come. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I imagine there's there's not necessarily an animosity so much as a aggressive disinterest. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and you guys wander about Twilight for, you know, a little while. And then you step back out of the ghost gate and Theo and <laughs> and Legbar's well, <clears throat> Baba Sarah and, you know, Legbar looking at each other and like we left our clothes in Twilight completely naked. As we crossed over, all of our clothes became ephemera. <laughs> and Theo hasn't learned at that point that she could protect against that. So that was just a little yep. vignette. And Egrock didn't tell you. <laughs> no, she did not. No, uh, but notably when uh, when they emerge, uh, Egrock has two large blankets ready. Because <laughs> she's like... That's funny. And yeah, this is one hundred... First time. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and she's got a grin. Benito has a grin. And bear in mind, these, you know, these two are you know late 50s. You yeah. know, uh, she's late fifties, he's early fifties, and you know, are they're moros, so they they well, she's a moros, he is a moros sleepwalker, um, and so you know, very kind of staid and stuff like that. But they both have this grin, like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yep, they're coming back here now, yep, mm -hmm. and, and the grin and a little bit of laugh, and here's your blankets, and you know, uh, assist you guys in getting back, and you know, uh, what about your? Tools and belongings. They just enjoy the prank of like wrecking your mage tools or whatever. Oh, I'm, or? I'm sure Agrock pre prevents, you know, that kind of loss. Yeah. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a lighthearted, you know, and she may have even been like, you know, prepare to get dirty, you know, bring your old clothes mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. It is, it is a very lighthearted and have prank. A, so the next time you do this, this is how you <laughs> prevent that from happening. Right. right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Notably. Don't walk through the gate. Yeah, <laughs> just step yourself into it. Yep. Uh, yeah. But is. If Theo wasn't watching when Sanite, Macy J, and Cloak were pulling the rocks out to try and save everybody in the mine, then this would probably Theo be her first Okay, yeah. Well, then, if she hadn't observed this, uh, this has been her first opportunity to recognize the scars on Cloak's torso. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because Theo had been there when uh, uh, did Lodestone to keep the dirt off. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, tossing it out there in case it wasn't clear before, so. And, um, I mean, she's shown before, but you'd see it in, in full on the... Nope. The big uh, gunshot wound in the middle of her chest. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. The 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 there's the amusement from Egrock and potential amusement from from Legba and Babasera. I don't mm -hmm. know, but then the the a little bit more sobering, like ah uh, yes, we both have some fucking history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing that uh, Legba wouldn't have seen before though was the exit wound. 
Oh, right. oh shit. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. Uh, and that was, you know, probably also a little bit later once the rest of the Diamond Order has left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, which actually means that unless I have missed anything, because we've got some stuff coming up with legacies for two folks yep. that we're going to be moving towards, but I think scrolling back, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, messing with the supernal. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, which, yeah, this is basically a big question that the Diamond Order basically present to the Witch Coven of Purgatory Bluff. And, you know, Red goes out with Isabel. Uh, nope, she meant Gisela. Um, and inspects the thing and comes back and Red is white as a sheet um, and says, some nasty business. Um, and basically puts it to the five of you and says, okay, well, we've got some options. One is summoning it up and telling it to get lost and see if that works. Will that, will that work? Get lost, please. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but we ask it to leave as opposed just, to command it to leave. Um, Red would probably tell you it's effective. <laughs> Isabel pretty much laughs in your face yeah it's it oh yeah that's true because you've yeah that's true because you had you had ruin yelled in your in your brain yeah um it's definitely one of those red says we can we can ask we can tell either way and and, you know this is one of those little edu you know free education things supernal beings do not think and act and feel the way people do um you know and an emphasis on they don't have the same kind of emotions. They're not thinking beings the same way we are. They are what they are. You can ask it, you can tell it, you can conjole it, you can come at it from a billion different ways, but if it doesn't want to leave, it's not gonna leave because that's just what it is. Um, But yeah, so it brings up you. We can do that. We can see if there is some... Oh my gosh, trial that, you know, can you can go through to try and chase it off uh, and earn it, you know, a reprieve. Uh, But, you know, Red mentions um, it's not liable to be amenable to that. Um, It has a job and it is part of uh, the Exarch's entourage in, in, in not a, you know, not a like closeness thing, but part of their army um and so it's not liable to be into that so the other option is destroying the thing which sends it to the abyss which weakens the supernal which nobody likes and theo's like and that's bad very that was my first um option Mm -hmm. yeah so they can be killed uh yes um and one of its power with you know kind of looks around we can handle all together summon it forth and destroy it but just in case it wasn't clear there was a question mark on theo's it's that would be bad it would be bad yes anything that destroys uh the supernal weakens the supernal strengthens the abyss which is already an infinite thing of emptiness so it's like adding plus one to infinity which you know, whatever, but it does just, you know, detract from the supernal and reality itself. But it does protect 
our people. It does. Um, the other option, besides talk to it, destroy it, is to counter its every move. Uh, frustrate all its uh, attempts, figure out what its goal is, what it does, um, and frustrate it to the point that it can't continue here any longer or is rendered um, impotent. Can't you just bring something bigger? Potentially. Uh, that is the issue with fighting the Exarchs. When you think you have the upper hand, they pull a gun out from behind the counter. I mean, what it does is wreck things. From, from We can't be there constantly all the time to stop it from collapsing the mine tunnel. No, but we may, and kind of looking at actually Gisela and Theo, it's like we may be able to lay enchantments uh, upon the mines to frustrate or weaken or guard against uh, its attempts to cause havoc. And it takes some time, but I'm pretty sure I can make the mine like exceptionally stable. And yeah, and yeah, there's there's a you know grin from Egrock and says, yeah, but then can they continue to mine? We'll have to be very careful in how we we do this, otherwise. Yeah, that's true, right? Like yeah, we, we won't don't want to shatter the silver out because it's solid. I never even thought of that. Like if I reinforce <laughs> the mine, then how do they mine? Because they'd be destroying pickaxes against what would end up being a pretty yeah, rock super or something. Hard diamond walls. <laughs> that is tricky. Uh, and without dragging it out in uh, mm. too long in character, is there a specific resolution that you guys, and this is this is one of the things where I'm very excited because you all can just put it to an out of character vote, however you want, you know, uh, the end result to be. You, we can decide afterwards in character what everybody thinks. Uh, but I also have a, because Rilla is here, I can be like, aha, I can, you know, clear a tie. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> um... I mean, I like the summon it up and convince it to leave, do its trial option, if that would work. But Can't we just start blasting if it uh, doesn't with the, Yeah, cooperate? with the backup plan of just kill it if it doesn't want to go. Two voices. I, I don't fully understand why it would be bad to just destroy it, but... <laughs> Yeah, from what I'm hearing, it makes something that is already impossibly strong, stronger. But saves our people. Wounds reality, but it is a drop in the bucket, hopefully. Cloak thinks of destroying a supernal being, or let me say this first, I'll preface that by saying. Cloak thinks of a supernal being that does bad things as like a petroloa, right? It has aspects. It has inclinations. And so we're imposing our own moral perspective on their actions and choices. And that's a problem. So it's hubris in and of itself, lowercase h hubris, from Cloak's perspective, from Legba's perspective, to suggest that this is a bad thing. Although he wants to avoid any further harm or ruin caused by this particular entity. And then um, having interacted with a supernal being finally, right, and thinking of it as Guinea, right, he is 
and talking about Atlantis in this point, he thinks that destroying one would be a horrible thing to do. So he's highly in favor of either asking it to leave nicely or scaring the shit out of it because he could use intimidation. He could enlist supernal assistance so that the force of our collective presence would be high enough to perhaps influence it to go somewhere else. But those are the those are the approaches that he's okay with at this point and that his state of wisdom. Um, having interacted with them before, having achieved fluency in high speech and his orientation to the Loa such that, or to the Supernal and the Loa, he would think that, hey, I'm, I'm down to get it to leave in all kinds of different ways. Be nice, be mean, but if we start being violent to the Supernal, he's out. Like, it was not going to help harm a Supernal being. Sure. And there's some in the Diamond Order who are in that same camp where it's like, that's, you know, uh, specifically the Guardians. They're like, mm, no, nah, we're not destroying some stuff. Um, so, but it does sound like a lead in with, all right, we're going to try and convince it to leave. Yeah, see, I also, I like that as Gisela gets to summon a Supernal. It's a real, real nasty one <laughs> to start out with. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you get to do its trial. Yep. Good luck. So uh, no no die rolls required. We'll just continue this narratively, which is it shows up when summoned because you've got two Acanthus, you know, who can definitely summon it and work together. Um, and uh, you guys summoned it out to the Hallow um, or, you know, some ways away from town. Um, and basically it shows up and it goes, you want me to leave? Cool. The mine will die. The silver will run out and this town will starve. Why? Because I restore the silver within the mines. I make new silver veins. Every time I break a limb, every time I snuff out a life, more silver returns to the mines. Are these guys capable of lying? Uh, no, they speak high speech. So it's very, like, it's, you know. Well, yeah, I guess technically with high speech fluency. But Yeah, they can absolutely lie in high speech. Right. That's it. No, they do not lie. Um, that That's me, you know, kind of leaning into the, the their kind of fey-ish. But yeah, they ha- it has no reason to lie uh, because it, you know, in this case, yeah, it's like now that that's what I do. That is my like. But nature. then turns to Gisela and asks, "When will the silver run out? If they are to leave?" Yeah, I can. Yeah, I pull a card and see. Oh, that's actually true. Uh, but yeah, you you know, like you've got maybe a year, maybe a little bit more than that before the silver would run out. Um, like they've already abandoned a couple different, you know, tunnel shafts and stuff like that. Cause oh, that's out, that's out. Um, and that's happened before where, oh yeah. Uh, you know, probably within your recollection where there was just no more silver to, to find and, you know, things got a little tight and everybody was a little worried and, you know, they made some exploratory stuff and oh, oh wow. Here's a whole bunch more. All right, we're good guys. And on they went. And a little while later, there's a, there's another collapse. And somebody else got hurt or injured or died. 
like this says. If this being is asking us to trade injuries to the town folk for continued silver, I would be surprised if we couldn't find a better deal from someone else. Find someone else who will give us silver? Yes. Without breaking our people's legs and killing them? Yes. We have a year? We have a year. Cool. So, yeah, uh, the swirling being of entropy effectively gives you guys the middle finger um, and says, send me back. And Red kind of gives you guys a look. It's like, yep, okay. Yes, without harm. Yep. And yeah, uh, away it goes. And yeah, you guys return to the mine, check it out. It's gone. Entropy is just not there. Um, there's a little bit of a better feeling in the mine. Uh, actually, of no Isabel, if you go in, the nasty, snarly, corpulent mine spirit hasn't changed dramatically, but does look a little bit more cleaned up. A little less, you know, eating bones and more of you know, greed. A um, little less Balrog-y. And that was about six months ago. So, pick up with a voodoo ceremony. And Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, which I think, just because I think it is appropriate, is the last, like, Red is going to be here for this. Because he kind of likes y'all, and you know, this is this is him, him and Limnir probably. Um, they're gonna get on this barge tonight and head out of town, and they're done. You know, they're gonna leave Ekrok here. Uh, but like, oh yeah, there's a proposal. There's this wedding coming. Oh yeah, I mean, it's Red, big Red, who's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like Red is gonna bring drinks. Like Red's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a small thing, but Red's gonna take care of the party, um, and kind of see you guys off. Um. But yeah, um, and I don't know if we want to go over the actual ceremony or <laughs> um, but yeah, led by Mumbo Stars. Um, I don't know. if Craig, did you prepare any vowels? Actually, hang on. Backtrack that. OK, uh, backtrack that. Any vowels? Vowels. A-E-I-O-U sometimes why. Thank you, Chris. A-U. But actually, I did just remember. A-I-O-U. Why? Cherry on top. Thank you, y'all. Have a good night. Um, um, uh, But come back to the little pin I put in it. Craig, what is your uh, domain set up for spells? Uh, Did you did you have an idea of how that is kind of oriented? I think I need a little more context, so maybe we can talk about that offline. Sure, that's fine. Okay, (laughs) this is the most OA exchange ever. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, Uh, actually, I think we may. Just that way we don't have to dig up a appropriate voodoo ceremony and and walk through anything. Um, We basically pick up at the end of it. um, If that's good with everybody else and we have a moment of like, yeah, cool. Uh, Yeah, it's effectively the witches, um, Valosia, Jules, Red, Limnir, probably Egrock. Um, Question is, uh, actually, I guess I should backtrack because I'm making some assumptions. Is Legba there and is Petricor there or Isabel and, and Cloak? Ooh, Cloak. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Moongong Cloak is there. Sure. For sure. And Chris, is there uh, any... Yeah. And I didn't mean whether what appearance. I meant, is the oh, body okay. there? But yes. Moongong Cloak oh, yeah, being there is... Yeah, that's, that makes oh. sense. Yes. Okay. Cool. Uh... <laughs> All right, I have to share this from chat. Old Griffin says, exchange of vowels. Theodosia stutters I at Catherine School's E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you all. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically we, we time into the reception uh, probably held in the Moody uh, Stokes home. It's small. Sure. It's cozy. Um, you know, Red has carried down a big barrel of probably just beer. Um you know, something similar. And it's just, it's quiet. It's, you know, it's both the celebration of, Hey, it's a wedding. Everybody loves a wedding. Uh, but also for Limnir and, uh, red, it is a, is the goodbye. Um, and you know, a last like hurrah for them. And, you know, for, for the two of them, it's hey, the last time you, you want to learn some, you know, Thyrsus stuff or Acanthus stuff, you know, we're here. Um, by this point, you know, you guys have pumped them for all the information that they're worth or you're, you've got or <laughs> Isabel has made it clear. Nah. <laughs> I want all the information. Right. If Very you think sad there to are see things, Red go. If you think there are things that I should know, you are welcome to tell me. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, you can tell me whatever you want, but uh, I, I, I ain't buying nothing. Um, and uh, but yeah. And so we have, you know, this nice little, this little setup and, you know, it's been a year um, and you all have kind of uh, expanded your, your knowledge a little bit, um, though it has become a little bit of a frustration, uh, especially after some of the knowledge that they've given you that, yeah, like the town is out of mysteries, especially getting rid of the supernal being six months ago. Any of the weird shit that was happening is gone. Um, you know, the wolf uh, that follows, you know, Theo and uh, Theo, excuse me, Petricor is still there. And at this point, still haven't actually had a proper summoning of it, if I remember correctly. Right. No, because right? I don't have life three yet. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> um mm. <laughs> Um, Asking innocent questions. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I, I realized I was like, oh shit, yep. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so a lot of the the mysteries that remain are outside, which is actually you know kind of Red's commentary, and he's trying to figure out you know so you know what are you all you know looking for next, uh, which is also my cue to remind you all of you know more mundanely, but the potential murder within the uh the mine and whether or not that's yep. worth looking into uh there is the book uh that has a bizarre series of directions that starts wherever you want and just goes uh which uh is Third probably... start of the right and straight until morning basically right exactly mm-hmm. um and is probably the biggest thing that the diamond order want i was like oh yeah can can i have a look at that and i'm pretty sure everybody's like Nah, <laughs> nah, bruh, nah, bruh. So you better pay hours. me for that shit. Yeah, 
Uh, and they definitely recognize, <laughs> you know, like, especially how much their eyes light up with, like, it's a treasure map written in high speech. Yeah, um, um, we'll give you... And, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got half a dozen of those of, back in New York. They would need to offer something of profound value. Yeah, it's like, what you got? <laughs> nothing nothing worth this? You want to give us some soul stones? You're going to give us soul stones? Bring we'll let you take piles a look. of Grimoire. give us soul stones. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they are very, very curious about that. Um, also, the other thing that uh, has been closely held to your chests, I'm sure, is the recipe um, that, uh, you know, Rilla and Jules have, uh, you have discovered, they have now split amongst themselves. Um, so they both have halves. They, they felt that was um, not necessarily equal, but is... Um, appropriate um and mortimer bethune didn't like he, he was curious but rilla was like nah man this is mine now um has jules drink it no uh it, it comes up frequently and it's one of those like late night things where he sits there and he stares at his half he thinks and he wonders uh but he's also He's scared. He's legitimately scared. He's like, I have seen a little bit of stuff. I've summoned a demon. I don't know if I want to see more. Uh, and he's talked to all all five of you. Oh, well, yeah, all five of you about the supernal worlds um, and what's out there and what they look like mm. and, you know, how you view the world. And he's he definitely is kind of sitting in the in kind of the middle of your little Venn diagram and just like, Oh, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And he's, he's very mm. curious and he wants to know, but he's, you know, he's, he's straddling the fence, right? Well, I want to know, but oh, but it sounds scary. And what if I don't come out right? And uh, especially because when the diamond order show up, they're like, okay, so let me tell you about banishers. Let me tell you about the hair road. Um, and, and so he's, you know, very concerned. And of course there's the comment of, you may go through, you may drink this and not awaken. You know, maybe it was that particular event for Rilla that, you know, pushed it. And he's like, yeah, it's just, nah. Um, yeah, not 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 for him. He's, he's going to be back here. Um, he does work actually probably very closely and continues his relationship with uh, Isabel. Uh, and like, hey, let's talk about spirits. Because uh, that is one of the things that are fairly available um and uh but yeah for all of you he is a very very readily available resource for helping with spells like he is absolutely fanatical about oh you're gonna do a spell can i help can i watch can i you know um so he's trying to figure out some of that stuff and you can see it's a lot of it's it's the kid who keeps like walking around the pool and like he'll get in the the shallow end and then he'll get up and go run over and stand on the the diving board and then never mind and you know put his foot in the deep end but not actually jump in and yeah he's just he's just not willing to make that that commitment and that jump in uh and some you know getting that trust can you swim well i mean i probably can but i don't wanna yeah uh but in the meantime he's he's a very you know useful ally um, and eventually he may start picking up merits tied to sleepwalkery stuff but for now cool. he does not Cloak would probably have conversations with him about fallen magic mm -hmm. considering Cloak knows how to practice it himself mm -hmm. yeah probably well the open rights at least um, yeah, yeah that's what I mean mm -hmm. yeah and Theo's pretty 
chillable that kind of stuff too she launch her questions openly honestly mm-hmm. oh yeah and yeah i think that's that's probably his big thing especially the actually yeah all four of you less so really because really is coming at the magic from a very scientific very obrimos kind mm. of stuff where the four of you have a very kind of you know not necessarily religious but you have this occult background yeah yeah uh you know and you know it's literally religious or in you know a fallen magic kind of background where it's like there's there's some precursor knowledge that you all had in some way form or fashion or that you brought into your beliefs like for isabel and and uh jean paul where it's like this is my basis and that i built my supernal knowledge off of it um or in you know theo's case i was dabbling in stuff didn't even realize it but hey now there's all this more you know so uh yeah he's he's very very into devouring up that knowledge um was there was another little plot hook sitting out there i wanted to circle back on one thing Mm -hmm. and just during the intervening year theo has kind of willfully set her up herself up as in social opposition oh yes um to the owner of the town which just bugs theo in a lot of different ways but she's always pushing and prodding and um trying to um coax him into being more generous and doing things for the town and really sort of lowering his status um um relative to everyone else that's in there right Um, so she's always you know whenever he's got a new idea she's always there to you know be a, a voice against it kind of thing Almost, almost as a not necessarily against it, but to nudge it to a more equitable. To a more, yeah, equitable. She's definitely pushing things to be a lot more equitable. And, yeah, yeah, and actually, yeah, that's that's a that's a good clarification because I'm curious: does Sheriff Isabel get in politically, or is she just like I'm here to guard? Or it, does she actually is she politically active, or does she stay out between the two? Uh, you know political parties for lack of a better term I don't know we'll come back around um, oh, good. well so the thing I had been considering was uh, Isabel's own sort of social campaign mm-hmm. um, subtly against the Indian rights and that is to uh, essentially uh, trick. What's his name? Ike. The son. Ike. Ike. The trick Ike, or to set up a way in which Ike becomes interested in her. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um and just absolutely manipulate the fuck out of him to in what every end? way uh, to the end of a he's eventually going to have the town in in Isabel's mind mm-hmm. you know Warner and right that's not a young man um, and uh, B if yeah it's like that self-preservation of like you know if he's going to be 
uh, in charge, then I want to make sure that at the very least he's not going to fight me. Um, okay, so to or, the end of just basically getting in his good graces and or having him even follow her? Or... Yeah, yeah, more more of setting up in a way that he will be... Uh, he will think that she is allied with him. Gotcha. Not, so, yeah... My main point was to make sure not going for a marriage proposal kind of thing, just politically aligned. No. Yeah. Okay. No. The thought definitely crosses her mind and has in the past already. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know I could do this. Mm-hmm. Marry him. Get his money. Right. Yep. Uh, Men will hand you their wallets. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, for Gisela and, and Legba. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, just p- picking. Some people get shadow names, some people don't. But um, yeah, do they get in on the the political arena? Because this might I might have to write down some notes. Hmm. Easily does not. Neutral territory. Well, <laughs> I thought you were German, not Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> Cloak's interest is in people making choices that lead to better outcomes for everybody and themselves, right? So uh, probably a a bit of a third party where it's like, well, sometimes I lean this way, sometimes I lean that. And, you know, but always... Yeah, I mean, his... Sorry, I'm interrupting you. I didn't intend to. I was going to say his his allegiance is to Isabel, right? He's already made that clear. He's loyal. um, And that's very important to him. So... Once, you know, uh, uh, within that context, he would be making choices based on what's going on. So supporting Isabel, but, you know, what is best for the town. So maybe potentially going like, hey, Isabel, maybe we need to rethink this, but always as a advisor and ally with yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's fine. From that perspective yeah, she accepts first. that very, mm-hmm. very willingly. Yeah, because I don't, cool. I don't think Isabel is a, you know, she's not trying to be a tyrant right. at all. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I didn't assume that she doesn't want to lead. She just knows that she saw this as her best opportunity of a s- safe and permanent position in society mm-hmm. in this town. Cool, makes sense. I like that. Um, Right. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to write some little notes here. Uh, but yeah, I, I I do love Theo being the like outsider, especially out towards the farms where Warner literally has less influence. Um, and you know that is also you know especially now as the farms continue to grow because over the course of a year you've got more people moving in and the mine doesn't necessarily need more work. But you know Theodosia and Catherine now probably have especially after a year probably have a couple at least two of the maroons uh who've come down and some of these other you know workers who now work for them um and you know there may be another house built or you know something similar to house some of the the farm hands uh yeah not to mention it's the farms out there continue to get more and more fertile Oh, is that so? <laughs> I mean, I figure yeah. if they've got the exact perfect amount of rainfall. All right. Sure. And some encouragement to other parts of the spirit ecosystem. <laughs> it's only, it's only, you know, it's the least that uh, Petricor could do to help uh, 
Balbacera's burgeoning uh, homestead and her neighbors. Absolutely. I, I, I love the like, hi, we're mages and we are absolutely cheating to make our town fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's like, mm, yep, yep, yep. No, it's we, we gross. Like, well, a, and I think especially it starts after the interaction with the um, the ruin. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if the mine's going to run out, then at the very least, everyone will have food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because let's be honest, if there's enough food, people can sit back and relax and play music after the sun sets and, you know, very post-scarcity. Because let's be honest, you don't have electricity, you don't have all this other stuff that you need. Yeah. Uh, set up a, a proper, is it idle? Um, oh, what is it? Green rolling hills and stuff like that, and where it's just like everybody. Idyllic. Yeah. Idyllic. Idyllic. Yeah. Yes. Idyll. The adjectives derived from the noun. Idyll. Idyll yeah. is the right mm-hmm. word. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I dig that. Yeah. So the the storms come, but they're not necessarily always these nasty, gnarly run for the hill storms. Sometimes it's just like, man, it would be great if we had rain. Oh, yeah. Huh. That said, the um, I think it's the. The forces beast mm-hmm. boon. I really tempted to do that at some point. Hey, get that, get that arcana. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the one that like a storm that lays waste, but then or like a flood or whatever. But then it's you know everything's a hundred times more fertile afterwards or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah, okay. Hmm. It's like, hey, hmm. everybody come on in town. We're going to have a party. Oh, no. All the farms got washed away. Man, that's a bummer. But hey, we're going to go rebuild. Oh, and yeah. Good thing it happened in March. And now you can plant right now directly after. It. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And maybe for February. So everybody has time to rebuild. Yeah. But yeah. yeah sure. I love that. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah that's very very good um cool uh shoot i keep coming back there i swear there is another plot hook um oh well, there right. is... go ahead go ahead no you're good oh uh, yeah there's obviously figuring out what Rilla's destiny is and protecting her and also you know uh after a year she's on par with all of you, because, you know, there's those easy arcane beats and XP and stuff like that. Uh, I still need to make her character sheet. But, uh, you know, she's more or less on par with all of you, because prior to, you know, episode one, you guys had little experience beyond, you know, some of the basic stuff. And now she's had a year with both uh, the four of you and the Diamond Order, plus her own discoveries and stuff like that. Um, she's still is a little on the hesitant side to put her voice forward. Um, you are the senior members and I'm just the DM and you guys are the players. <laughs> but, you know, hey, if there's a tie, then I'll class the deciding vote. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there is that. And... Yeah. I mean, as far as, like, how the coven operates mm-hmm. type stuff and, you know, potential of, like, you know, we've talked on and off screen i think about this potentially becoming like a nameless order right mm-hmm. um uh, which yeah limnir does have you guys down as you are a you know right nameless hello pupper a dog behold she's um, standing there just quietly chuffing at me 
Um, yeah, I don't think that at even after this year that Isabel's at a point where she's like, here is a philosophy that we are going to do or anything like that. It's very much like, I'm going to continue doing the things that I like. If there are things that you need me to help you with, then I'm here. So there's actually, because that's a good way for us to kind of roll towards the end of the, the episode. You got time, but, you know, is basically does the witch coven basically act as kind of a mutual aid organization where it's like we don't get in each other's way. We don't judge each other for what we're doing, but we're all here to protect and care for the town. And that's kind of your guiding principles. Or does anybody look for like a. As, as Chris said, a higher philosophy and a, an obsession to, you know, follow after or anything? Well, Cloak has a particular perspective that he doesn't want us to turn out like the diamond wherein we have primarily transactional relationships. There needs to be a perfect exchange at all times. So he would be offering assistance wherever he can and definitely be trying to reinforce the relationships he has with the other members mm -hmm. of the coven without a specific expectation that they necessarily reciprocate. Just he's really concerned about his own actions. Having learned that there were thousand-year-old organizations of mages who are functioning in the ways that he has tried to prevent himself from indulging in. And I think that's kind of in line with, with Theo's thinking well is you know have regular meetings on what each of us are doing to look for opportunities where we can help one another rather than and and not force that or anything like that mm -hmm. but the theo would definitely be available to help or offer advice or you know have a different perspective mm -hmm. so she would try and encourage the um a periodic meeting of mine just so that we're all aware of what other people are working on mm -hmm. to yeah. see if there are That's opportunities to, to lend sure. a hand. So, yeah so. i was yeah, uh, I I like all that a lot. Uh, out of out of character, in like as far as what I had been saying was more along the lines of Isabel doesn't have any like projects sort of things like mm. for the town like you're describing with the crossroads there, Ralph. Mm. So contrasting that, I think as people continue to grow, I think there is a distinct. It's not like a standoffishness, but it's like mm. Isabel straight up doesn't progress as a person. Oh, okay. like Petricor develops more. There's more like stuff like that. But Isabel, like, I mean, especially with your mind magic and stuff like that, like Isabel is still like transactional prey predator relationship, like hierarchy survival if it is sort of stuff at all times okay gotcha somebody should get in her own neuros and sort her out Cloak <laughs> is curious yep but and, uh, and i don't know if this would have any there traction has or been an explicit agreement <laughs> not to do things like that without consent uh, and i don't know if this would land with um isabel or anything but uh if if that becomes apparent theo would sort of lean into the you know how would a wolf pack behave because wolf pack mm. 
does things to benefit the pack and sort of raises up everybody in the pack by doing so. That's sort of how... And Isabel very much helps raise up everyone else in the pack. Yeah, I I just think Isabel doesn't have any long-term goals of ascension. You know, is kind of happy where she's at kind of thing or is rather trying to survive and just and that's yeah it's it's more of the trying to survive okay kind of thing very maslow um, right because i think we, we discovered yeah. that yeah yeah the the hierarchy of needs for isabel never seems to go above those bottom couple rungs not that we have those terminology in in character but i think between uh between the the rest of the coven it would be obvious at a point you start putting things together and you're like oh okay hold on especially because like um with the uh with the ruin with the entropy thing it's like okay yeah sure we'll blow it up that's fine whatever we'll keep the town safe that's fine mm-hmm. like that's how i think a lot of little incidents like that go it's like or maybe even saying doesn't have long-term plans beyond survive and so Okay. Um, which, yeah. Uh, basically, I mean, I'll just do this on stream. Uh, what's your guys' basic next plot hook you're chasing after? What do we What do we think? Is that way I can you start mean collectively? Yeah, like what's everybody's thoughts. Oh yeah, yeah. Fire them away, and I mean, we'll give every, um, we'll give the you know folks at home a preview of what might be to come. Uh, one of mine was. Basically, again, just getting more curious because we have exhausted everything here. Um, packing up and setting out for a longer trip, like a camping trip. Oh, yes. And just, uh, it's probably taking uh, Rilla because she's the Abrimos. And we're just going to follow the ley lines and see, because it says uh, you get a pull. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to go. Well, like, for instance, you've got the ley line that runs in the river you can follow it backwards and see where that goes because it may stay with the river for a while and detour off and then there's also the one that crosses it that big for lack of a better term masculine aggressive power thing from beneath the earth uh, that meets it and so that one can be followed in both directions um, and see where they lead and of course they don't necessarily follow straight lines in any way or anything like that so they lead off to other things so yeah there's basically just picking picking one and walking it like in my head it's like walking a railroad track Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're gonna see where it goes Mm -hmm. and find something under the guise of going on like a hunting trip or something yeah pack up enough supplies to be gone for overnight a bit Mm mm-hmm um I think by this time Castillo has a Soulstone and Domain now, and she's had a, a confrontation with her daemon um, and realized that there's some things to sort out there, and she's not sure how to do that, but um, she's going to need some help. Sure. And you know a guy. And I know a guy. <laughs> you know a guy. Um, also, the following the treasure map is very intriguing 
Which I'm curious. Yeah, just show of hands. Because I threw that in there and I was like, I don't know if everybody's going to jump on board that, especially after the Rookery. We already did that. Uh, It's a little bit different, but, you know, um, is that something that intrigues both in character and out of character, you know? Yes, absolutely. It is a magic spell book that you have shown to Gisela. (laughs) And she was actually the first one to read it. Uh, yeah, to get the like, little like page. to actually read mm-hmm. it, and um, yeah, no, we need to. It just starts anywhere. Let's go. A, a project, Let's go right now. <laughs> well, Theo would be more like you know, a, a project for after harvest. Oh yeah, yeah. For one, example, one, she yeah, doesn't want to because you don't know how long we, we're going to be gone, right? So she doesn't want to well, live. And that is one thing that uh, you can kind of trace out and kind of gauge, but not knowing necessarily what terrain you're going to cross uh but yeah because it sends you you know like i'll have to i'll have to do some math later but it's it's going to be a several day journey just traveling besides the rest and camp and stay in that place for a couple days so overall it's it's going to be like a week maybe two out of town Hmm. so it will definitely Um, be you know one of those things of okay we got to prep for this i mean you got some magic that'll help but Cloak has definitely been interested since he translated it. Right. Considering that's what brought him to fluency and high speech. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I, Chris, have given idea and consent to Ralph for Legba to... How did I phrase it? Let his curiosity get the better of him about Isabel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I definitely um, think may be the thing to happen after, like, okay, well, we're going to poke in and check in on, you know, uh, Baba Sarah's daemon, and, like, what's it like in there? Ooh, okay, yeah, we got to get that fixed up, and then, well, you know, we're here. This wasn't too <laughs> well, bad, or we'll see. I have a better route Oh, um, that would make more sense with Legba's story. So my plan was if Legba had dropped in wisdom because of something that happened, he would have done it already. Mm-hmm. So, and thank you, Chris, for reminding me the consent. I'm in in character, right? Yeah, in yeah, character. Yeah. Right. Like, was like, look, I got to respect Isabel. It matters to him to maintain that respect, even right. if she feels a little differently about it, right? Right. I just wanted to be clear. Like, thank you. Yeah, as I appreciate you. Transparency to the podcast as much as to us. Right. Like, Ralph's not yeah, going to just, like, go diving into yeah. <laughs> my character's soul without me having an idea about it. Chris has a exactly. hell of an idea about it. <laughs> yeah, this is. The, I want this to happen. <laughs> it's like it's an aspiration. It's like one That's of the true. best, like out of character aspirations I've ever come up with. I think. Oh, it's real good. It's real good. Yeah, I also like definitely want to resolve the family curse in this next little bit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Because that's been my obsession this whole time. Mm-hmm. You've definitely yeah. made some progress, and but yeah, you're definitely starting to plateau on it now. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like nobody it seems can help me because everyone's like what the hell is this we don't know it's like well, um okay. you have to have an obsession as a mage right uh yes it always pulls at you there's always something uh now that said i am a-okay with people like abandoning their obsession especially if there's an in-character event or thing that influences so uh but we need to jump well, back I, real quick oh go ahead you can finish yeah sorry i was just gonna finish. say like because because i had completed Isabel had completed the the obsession of becoming part of the spirit court. Oh yeah. And like part of the like 
no like character growth or whatever mm -hmm. sort of thing that I was touching on. I was wondering if it just like could be blank for a little while. I think it, like it totally makes sense that there was a blank and it may even be something that really agitates her like to have right. nothing to focus on. So that might well, be a thing. I was going to say like cloak could notice that and notice that mm. no one else is no one else in the cabal is like that. And like Ooh, it's, that's good it's like a barren field in the in this yeah. sort of analogy, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, good. That's good. Let's so pause like that real that. quick because I realized we <laughs> Ralph was like, I have an idea in character. We never actually got back to that. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, so the idea in character is his legacy is all about this. His legacy is all about trying to understand what motivates people. Um, and then acting on that in a way that does not conflict with his commitment to wisdom. So uh, upon him, you know, establishing his legacy, then it would make a lot of sense to him to try and understand Isabel from the perspective of her dreams. He's already reached into Theos Oneros through dreams, and he's going to become a person who as a consequence of how he sculpted his soul, be a dream reacher. So he would definitely do it at that point, right? It would make sense to him. It would no longer be, oh, I'm, you know, trafficking in possible acts of hubris or conflicting with the arrangements he had. Now, at that point, it's his responsibility to try and help people. And then once he, as you've mentioned, Chris, once Cloak recognizes that Isabel still seems to be functioning from the same perspective that she described to him a year ago and she doesn't have an obsession, he would think, oh, there's a problem here and I need to at least get a glimpse of what it is. There's a supernal blockage. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to get in there. We're going to clear it. I, I got to do something. I got to at least know what's going it's on. The, if I'm not going to pull it out, he's going to the plunger. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Maybe we can stick. They're with just the really into cliff diving. We, we, that's can, all. We, we can we can stick with wrecking ball and just knocking down walls. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, mm -hmm. that's good stuff. But yeah, that would that would be his approach. Sledgehammer is good. It's a good mm -hmm. shadow name. That's a good point. Yeah, Let's do not wrecking ball, sledgehammer. Thank you. Uh, mm -hmm. Knocking down walls. Uh, good stuff. And yes, as chat reminded me. Oh, also, hey guys, Valosia. Hey, I need hey. more dots and prime if I'm gonna make this. <laughs> yeah, but just uh, you got the Abramus living with you. Well, that, there's an issue there. Um, <laughs> of, um, Theo's vice is pride, mm. and she doesn't want anyone to help her. And part of the ground rules of Rilla being Ooh. there was that Theo would have a private conversation to say, like, Floja's off limits. There's a box around here, and you don't go into that box. <laughs> supernally speaking, mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. and yeah, which uh, yeah. which does bring up uh, Rilla, Rilla's focus. Uh, she has the two dots in Prime, but she doesn't touch Prime any further than that. She she gets into forces a little bit, um, and then uh, starts to dabble in uh, matter as well. Uh, yeah, because she she's coming at it from a very very science side of things. Um, and so I'll, I'll figure out where her. Uh, I mean, dot over from there, there, obviously she needs a couple dots of life. Probably not. Well, shit, she might actually. Uh, but yeah, she she is definitely uh, viewing it as a as a scientific side of thing, um, and she may proper alchemist. Yeah, and she may very specifically get into like she's going to pick up a dot in like everything because she wants the the mm. mage side of it and you know different things like that um where she is a very 
uh, generalist mage. Um, mostly that way I can also keep Rilla in a position where she can assist and uh, but you know uh, doesn't uh, doesn't spotlight anything except maybe prime later if uh, if that you know falls behind because having channel mana is really useful uh, so cool uh, Rilla bird I mean at Gnosis 1 you can have three prime or sorry Gnosis yeah, this is one. You have three prime and two in all other arcana. Yep. Yeah, in her case... And that is just as terrifying as a master of one arcana. Yeah. yeah. Um, I dispel that, I dispel that, I dispel that, I dispel <laughs> that, because all I need is that one freaking dot. Uh, but yes. Uh, oh, good stuff. Absolutely. Well, no, we did have some dire wolves. We did have some dire wolves. Uh, we got some, some soul stones set up um cool uh so yeah uh that does mean next week we will definitely come back and it sounds like we're probably gonna need to need to do some onero stuff first before we head off on treasure map time uh may happen well it depends uh we'll, we'll see what ash is doing um but Rilla and uh gisela may go off on on a ley line trip at the same time or i don't know if she's gonna get in on the onero dive because it's mage, and no, we can't have everybody working on the same thing at once. Uh, we all have separate obsessions. Indeed. Um, yeah. You guys know how, like, in D&D, where they're like, no, you can't play a really weird race? Yeah, you might want to talk to your players and mage about, no, no, you guys need to get a group group obsession. Oh, shit, which reminds me, that was the thing I wanted to talk about, is having a, like a coven, obsession. coven obsession. Yeah. Anyways, oh, no, hang I like on. That. I don't but, know what it would be right now. Yep, hang on. About kill him. Kill him. Oh, my God. It's a first time chat. Remove. Remove. Go Hi. away. Thanks for coming, just as we were ending stream. Um, <laughs> all right. But yes, uh, yeah, we do need to talk about that. We'll talk about that uh, as soon as we hang up. Well, no, we're not going to hang up. Bye to Twitch. Uh, thank you all for joining us, hanging out. Um, and as always, uh, if you want to join us, we highly suggest it. It's Discord. It, our Discord is www.yeetinto.space. Uh, come by, come hang out. It's a great place. Uh, you don't need to know anything about Mage. You don't need to know anything about TTRPGs. You just want to hang out with really cool nerds. Um, cool nerds. Yep. Um, Postbird picks. Share your fur babies or unfurred babies if you're into reptiles or, you know, sphinx cats. What are they called? Hairless cats. Uh, I'd get there eventually. Uh, um, all that kind of stuff. We love to we love to hang out with you. If you want to support us monetarily, that is patreon.com slash occultist anonymous. But that's really long. So just www.staylucky.club uh, and hang out there. Um, also, this is my little shout out. Hey, I'm going to be up at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia in like a month, um, two, two months, uh, <laughs> December. Um, so if you plan to be up in Philadelphia for PAX Unplugged, say hi on Discord and I'd love to kind of meet up. I think my Friday night is like completely empty and devoid of running games so love mm -hmm. to love to say hey um i i will probably try and go play some games so yeah we'll see um yeah um uh, finally get into a game with thirsty sword lesbians uh 
It'll be on board for that. Yep. Uh, and yes, I am running stuff. Gotta do it. Uh, I will be running a D&D game, a kids on bike slash broom slash teens in space game, and a... Oh, Game of Alien, the RPG. Um, so, yeah, uh, that'll be very cool. You can sign up to be in my games, but that's not available yet. I think it'll be actually at PAX where you'll do that. But more will be released later. Uh, I've seen some of the promo stuff from Gehenna Gaming, folks, and uh, it looks super cool. Uh, so Yes, Alien like the movie. Yes, Alien like the movie. Uh, and it plays very much like you're in a movie, um, which is very cool. And I think we have an unreleased one shot pre-gen game that uh, that's what I'm going to run because I don't know the game enough well enough to create a thing. But D&D, yep, you're going to be be some some mystery machine folks. Uh, yeah, um, blah, 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 blah. I think that's all our stuff. Um, thank you all. And uh, y'all have a good night. Ralph, can, can you give us a good, like, hat tip here? Uh-huh. <laughs> y'all have a good evening. Bye-bye. I say, <laughs> see you next time, y'all.